When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, got to fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fall back Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Alright. It's time to go to work. What is that? What the hell's ah. going on here? What is happening here? I don't what? know. I found a John Cena towel and so I went and grabbed it. Uh hey! Welcome to Grab City. It's Saturday. What's the date? Uh, what's the date? <laughs> September 24th. I'm going to watch Starting out, out. Coming in hot. Yep. Starting and Philip Lindsay's also here. With this, with this mess. <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the John Cena. Come on. Never give oh, up. God. I gave up. I give up. Nah. Da, 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 da. Nah, I gave up. That <laughs> <laughs> nah, I gave up. Nah. nah. I feel like that's how his career needs to end. By the way, he has to tap out or like submit or something like that. Is mm-hmm. that is the the true John Cena ending? It has to end right. with a with him giving up. And so, oh, I have. Uh, thank you. Oh, yep. I, think that's I appreciate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, and <laughs> cameo uh, appearance by Veda Washington. Hey, but go. also Righteous Reg is here. Right, ratings are going up when Young Veda enters the building. It's your boy, Media Man, Righteous Red, sure. your favorite rapper, your favorite writer, your favorite podcaster. Hip hop is dominating all the industries. You talk, you wake up, and you open your eyes, and hip hop is doing something. We're in the building. It's we've come a long way. We've come so long from the days mm-hmm. of being shunned for combining the two of professional wrestling and hip hop. I have a question uh, to ask you guys. Yeah, definitely. So I know Reg. You grew up with a younger parent, mm-hmm. so may not apply. I don't know about you, though, Phil, but see, I, my dad was, like, way older, right? I have, like, a significantly older dad. My dad was 45 when I was born, right? So, like, mm-hmm. that man turns 80 um, this February. So I had to deal in my love and affinity for hip-hop with him telling me at every turn, because this is just how old black men operated, that, oh, it's just a fad, that stuff's going to pass, right? Because, like, you ever hear, like, you ever watch, like, the old Soul Train documentaries and Don Cornelius mm-hmm. was, like, just anti-hip-hop. He did not want hip-hop on Soul Train because he's like, look, this stuff is uh, setting us back and it is not, he's like, it's going to pass, it's, it's not soul music, it's not going to last. And mm-hmm. so it took him forever. Like, they Soul Train didn't embrace hip-hop till like, the 90s, right? Like, that was... Right. So yeah, Shamar Moore on there. Yeah. 
<laughs> but Don Cornelius, he was straight up like, we are not doing hip hop. It's not going to mm-hmm. happen. Trey. That's how my dad, when I heard him say that in that documentary, I was like, that's my dad. Okay. Like it, it finally makes sense. And there was just a generation of older black folks that just were not having hip hop. They were like, nah, it's never going to happen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I always, I had to deal with that pretty much at every single turn where no matter what I was listening to, I have my dad walk in and he's just like, there's no, uh, he's like, there's, there's no soul in that. And I'm like, no, the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my, my dad, who by the time I started buying my own music was out of the house, was a mm-hmm. rap fan. He liked Big Daddy mm-hmm. Kane and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. my mother, of course, was like big stick in the mud. Didn't want me to listen to any rap. Mm-hmm. Um, hated all the cursing in it. And this was at the time of the parental advisory. You had to, of course, show your ID to buy yeah. music and all that other shit. And so every time I had music, um, I had to like either keep it in my headphones or like try to make sure she wasn't in the house. And I would always play stuff loud on the stereo in the front room when she wasn't at home. Mm-hmm. And I have to always remember to take my CDs out of there because it was like a five disc changer. <laughs> So I always have to remember to take my disc out of there before she got home or, you know, she'll turn it on like classic one day I was in the bathroom and I can hear it all the way downstairs. Um, speak it up. Like we just talked about word of mouth last week. And so, uh, I get it all the way downstairs. Um, the Royal penis is clean. Oh no. Yeah. Motherfucker. And she, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> That Ludacris album starts so wild, too. Oh, no. <laughs> That's Definitely hilarious. got in trouble that day. Oh, and yeah, I was yeah. just like, oh, man. You well, on punishment. You on big punishment after that one. <laughs> see, you know what was funny was, I guess, to bring it full circle, my mom was like, anytime my dad just ragged on hip-hop, my mom was the one who would come in and be like, uh, She's like, let them have their thing. Like, mm-hmm. as far as my brothers and I were concerned, uh, she's like, just let them have this. Like, stop bragging on their shit, right? But the thing my mom hated more than anything was professional wrestling. My oh, mom, <laughs> uh, especially in the early 2000s, she would come in and, uh, of course, there, she, it was always the wrong time, right? She'd walk in and there's a bikini contest happening or somebody's barking like off. a dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom's like, Turn that shit off. And I'm like, Mom, I'm, don't turn it off. <sighs> okay. Yeah. And then my dad's the one turning around like, it's fine. It's just pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's funny that that's the way this all comes full circle. My dad hated hip hop. My mom hated pro wrestling. The two wow. things that meant the most to me. Jeez Louise. What a contrast in life <laughs> right there. Yeah, no, Will said it right. My mom was young, so there was definitely NWA playing. There was definitely Rock Kim playing. For a while, her favorite album was the Dub C album for some reason. And then after a while, she really got into plies. So, I mean, there was no bounds. My mom was listening Yo. to whatever is wild. <laughs> the wildest shit. Like, when plies is on, it's like, don't listen to this, mom. This is weird. <laughs> Yeah, I can't picture my mom at the time listening to Plies. Plies is, <laughs> Plies is definitely a choice. I'm saying, man, how do you find Plies? Yeah, but, baby. <laughs> but I'll say this. Speaking of wrestling and hip-hop, we're not alone today on today's episode Perfect of Perfect started, I'm saying, man. I knew this hip-hop influence is all over the place, and we are doing it here today. I'm yes, so we are. 
because we've got a special guest with us today. Mm-hmm. It's our dear friend, almost a mentor of sorts. Definitely. He is the one and only. Oh, let's swap him around. Emilio Sparks. There he is. This guy has been busting my balls for the longest about not having him on our podcast. You know, so if you're going to introduce this guy, you've got to introduce this guy correctly. This mm-hmm. is uh this is not just a podcaster. This is a guy that has put on for a lot of guys. In a lot of ways, this guy is like the callet of wrestling. He he kicked the door down Speak on and it. put the hinges in the fuckboy's hands. Oh, I'm you know saying. what? He taught me that I could put the hinges in the hands too. I don't know if this dude has sons out there, but oh, I've in, his podcast, in his podcasting <laughs> thing, he's got a lot of sons, man. He's, he's opened the door for a lot of guys, man. Uh, so this many. Guy, this guy's been in the room. I've seen him in action. He's been in a room with select few are, are able to go. <laughs> Uh, so fast. <laughs> no man, this guy's come on. The only person resume. I've seen that you, at AEW shows you can't walk around. The only person I've seen that is walking around, no seat. He doesn't have an assigned seat. He's just there, down there oh, yeah, in the in the area, him. being wherever he wants. That's Emilio. <laughs> no man, look man, check his resume, man. Come on, man. He's he's worked with the worked with the best man, and appreciate you coming on, bro. Oh, uh, I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you, Phil Lindsay. It's about time I got an invite. Just saying, <laughs> just saying, Phil Lindsay. You know, yeah, how are you how... outside? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, B, we are cast out here, man. It's nice out. Oh today, my so. god! It's because you have so many podcasts. You have to switch up all your areas because every time you pop up somewhere, it's somewhere different. I saw you with Rosenberg and Rory. Like, what? How do you get? How do you get these combination of people together? How does these things? work how is Emilio? what's Emilio's schedule like because you're doing pod we're doing some producing some very 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 popular podcasts some people's favorite podcasts are produced by Emilio sparks like what's up uh well first of all thank you guys for such the the, the kind platitudes i appreciate all of that it's very nice of you guys because I, I i love this show and i individually love y'all and i think you guys are fantastic and what you do in this space is incredible um thank you. But what do I do? Uh, I don't know, man. It's just a matter of always, like, keeping pressure and trying to be, like, Smith & Weston would always say uh, in, in Buck the World, they had a, a saying, it's got to be like the last album, but only better. So when I always tell my clients, it's got to be like the last episode, but only better. Right. So it's just never, never not apply pressure. You feel me? Like, always... Always do better, always act better, always say better, always get a better guest than the last guest. No matter what, like, let's just constantly mm-hmm. keep on going. I, I, I live on my laptop. I live on my mm-hmm. phone. I'm, I'm checking email constantly. Phil can attest to it. When him and I chat on the phone, I'm editing a podcast. Like, my laptop's never not open. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I work for myself. So when I left WWE, I made a conscious decision that, okay, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to, I'm going to make my mark even more feel me so it's just yeah. like let's let's work hard so it's it's always a thing that i'm i'm doing and plus i believe you know you gotta have that that work ethic so you gotta you gotta work and i don't know it's just i i'm i'm blessed i could say that to the point where i think my resume has opened up a lot of doors but i also think my personality and candor has opened up a lot of doors as well Do people know like oh okay you know developed did the WWE podcast and network, you know what I mean? It was, it was, he was one of three people. It was all like a lot of his brain involved in that. Then he goes to DJ Khaled's podcast. Shout out to Kaz. 
Um, you know, then Renee Gallows and Anderson, uh, Peter Rosenberg. So like, I have a real eclectic group of, of people in my resume that have really supported me after I, uh, I dipped out of where I was working. So, you know, it's just, that's a it's wild cool. resume. Cool <laughs> this, this, this is absolutely a wild week to have you on as well, because as I talked to you on the phone the other night, I was like, yeah, my boss and your boss like had it back and forth. I was like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, before we, b- before we touch in that, I, I was listening in when you, when y'all were talking about, you know, hip hop and, you know, uh, Reg, your mom was listening to Plies and Busted Baby and, you know, all of that. And, and I guarantee you, she was probably listening to Baby Bash at one point too. You feel me? Um, California, man. <laughs> California, we had to like Baby Bash yeah, was dominating the radio at one point. Oh, oh, I mean, how could you not? You know, you even mm-hmm. listened to the, to the chopped and screwed version of, um, oh, what was his one hit? Uh, I forget. You got me not... how'd you get so fly? Yeah. 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 So, so true, so true story, true story about that real quick. That's one of Carl Anderson's favorite records. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Like it was, I think it's at the point where he will go on Instagram if he's like listening to it and tags Baby Bash because I guess they're like acquaintances or friends or something. So like you'll see, you'll see, oh you'll see Carl Anderson when he's in his truck lamping around like Tampa. You'll hear like Sugar, how'd you get so fly? And he'll tag Baby Bash and he'll and then he'll flip the camera over and he goes, "Yup, gets none greater, Hoot, Baby Bash." Baby Bash and Carl Anderson, a combination. Right. I, never, right. I never thought I'd say those two names together, ever. Nope. Right, no, that's just what it is. And I, I laugh at him, and I go, you know there's more out there. And he's just like, oh, it's what the wife likes. It's what I like. It takes us back to the club scene in Cincinnati. It takes us oh, back my. to the club scene. Things are happening. A lot's so, going on. So y'all were talking about your parents. My dad is the reason why I listen to hip-hop. Mm. Now, my old man, just straight old Italian, just dude, right? Doesn't, what the hell would he know about hip hop? Mm-hmm. He comes home one night, throws a CD on my bed, no cassette, and he goes, Here, I think you would like this. They were bumping this in the, uh, on the construction site. My dad, dad's a gruff construction worker. It was 36 Chambers. It was Wu Tang Clan. Wow. Wow. I was like, Dad, did you, did you listen to this? He was like, No, nah, just, you know, whatever, enjoy. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, cool. Bring the motherfucking rockets, and that was it. That was it. It was it was it was off to the races and and whatnot for me. And then I remember my mom was the reason why I got the purple tape. It was just mm-hmm. one of those things, like anything you can imagine. Your like fam just it. like Wu Tang. That's all it is. Yeah. Well, it's Staten Island, so it's it's it's, 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 it's a Staten Island. Right. It's a New York Staten thing. Island. No, mm-hmm. but they were the gateway to everything for me because. You live in a little bubble. You're about maybe seven, eight, maybe nine max, I am. And I didn't know who else was what. So when you listen to all this stuff and then you're with your friends and you're starting to say, hey, do you have this? Do you have that? Wu-Tang was the the gateway for me to walk in through the door and listen to everything else. Like I found Mob Deep because of Raekwon. I Mm -hmm. found Biggie because of Method Man. Right. You feel me? So it was like, and then it, I was able to go from there and go, boom, okay, now I'm going to get into Black Moon. Okay, mm-hmm. now I'm going to listen to Fushnikens. Now I'm going to get into, like, you know, so it was, uh, it was always really dope for me that it was my, my dad. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, do you understand, like, the monster you created? Like, I did 10 years at Sirius XM Shade 45 right. because of you, like, mm-hmm. you know? And, and he was like, no, nah, I just thought it was a cool it was album dope. cover. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. So, you know, yeah. that's incredible. Speaking of, you were at Sirius, so, man, you also yes. were, played yes, a part in the in the Swerve interview that's coming today, <laughs> right, with DJ? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it should be on in a little while. Yeah, Who Kid, uh, our Rolling Loud AEW Grand Slam weekend. Um, Swerve was was up there. Who Kid called me. He was like, yo, you're my wrestling aficionado because he's been watching and texting me about it. He, he's a big Dan Housen guy as well. Who Kid, he likes Dan Housen. <laughs> And, what? and he's yeah <laughs> yeah you gotta understand I'm, something I'm Dan, sorry, that, that un- is a scoop that is like not anything i would have <laughs> expected here hey dan housen is out here bro he's hip-hop well you gotta understand like who kid is into pageantry and showmanship because look mm-hmm. who who look who his look who he t- was the tour dj for right you you, you, yeah. you, tra- you want to talk about pomp and circumstance and and just passion in the world of hip-hop who's a polarizing figure no matter what like you could consider 50 cent um you know top tier wrestlemania john cena at one point you feel Definitely. me yeah. um so when he's texting me and watching it who kids like yo this dan housing kid is nice and he's like i get it he's like mm-hmm. i get it he goes then I, I look on his twitter and he's always selling something he's always hustling something uh, he's like, he's, he's incredible. And, and I was like, yeah, you, this is, this is AEW, dude. You got to watch it. He liked them all, man. Hook and the ass boys. Like he was all in mm-hmm. on everything. He, he's like, yo, this is, he goes, this hits, man. This is, mm-hmm. so for him, it was, it was, it was natural. So, you know, and I love Swerve. Will, as you know, that's just, that's just my God. It's my brother. I love him mm-hmm. to death. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I was up there for, again, seeing one of his many first, you know, his accomplishments that he's doing. So to see him out there doing it, it, and it was cool. So we got to just like tell some of his old, you know, deathmatch barbed wire CZW stories when he was up there. We talked about mm-hmm. hip hop. He rapped, he freestyled a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. so he was up there. He was up wow, there doing that. Yeah, he was up there doing that. Um, and I was just running around the city with the AE, one half of the AEW tag team championships around my waist. Just mm-hmm. running around Midtown Manhattan, we walked into we walked into Saks Fifth Avenue, and I I just have this hunk of gold on my way, and nobody <laughs> batted an eyelash, like nobody. It was like the most normal thing in the world. It was just like incredible. So if you do have um, Sirius XM, Shade Forty Five, Rolling Loud, AEW Grand Slam Weekend, Who Kid, Swerve Strickland, big shoutouts to AB. Um, we up there, so. Wow, that's amazing. The most amazing part of that story is the fact that you were able to just walk around with that championship. Because let me tell you, when I was in New York in 2019, um, I had I, I was doing some belt trading at the time. And I had to – so this spinner belt right here over my shoulder <laughs> um, is actually somewhat of a rare version of it. And so – uh, the guy who had it didn't realize that it was. And so, uh, he was just looking to trade with another belt. And so I had traded my, my WCW big gold because those are a dime a dozen, right? So I traded it to that guy. Didn't realize he gave up a rare version of the spinner belt to me. I'm like, oh, this is a first print. The first time I looked at it, I'm like, this is the, the first issue of it because they, they made some changes to it around like 2006. And so I had the spinner belt, right? And so when I was in New York, I'm like, damn, now I got to replace my my World Heavyweight Championship. So I was at WrestleCon, and FanDuel Belts is just selling them. So I just 
I buy one, right? I buy one at WrestleCon. But of course, I'm still walking around Times Square. I've got this uh, belt that I've got to do something with. And so uh, I just like strap it around my waist in the meantime. And everybody I was with could attest to this. We walk into, I forget what restaurant it was. Um, but we walk to a restaurant and sure enough, somebody walks up and they're like, can I get a picture with you? Uh, and I'm like, I'm not a wrestler. And they're just like snapping pictures. And they're like, I got a picture with that wrestler over there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, man. the world's yeah. heavyweight champ. And <laughs> they're like, that's the champ over there. I'm like, okay. And the fan duel belt is a better version of the WWE big gold belt because that's just some press metal. That fan duel one is really detailed. It like is. It's, it is. It's, in, it's incredible. So, like, I can understand why um, they thought you were probably a professional. But you're also a tall brother, too. So <laughs> you're it's also like, tall. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but nobody I, I bat, know, nobody but batted an eyelash that I'm just walking around with this belt, right? And I'm literally just like, And yeah, that's the real man. belt. That's the, no. That thing is heavy. It was like, I don't, oh, and then we, went, then we went to uh, the Feast of St. Gennaro. We were in, like, Little Italy. And we're walking around the feast and nobody's bat like they're looking down at my waist and then they're just looking up and like like a couple of dudes went like this to me. And I was like <laughs> <laughs> yep. nah, man. That's I, I've seen you do crazier things and nobody's better than I. So this does not surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just hey, regular, before we get into old day for Emilio. <laughs> Before we get into any more, I want to remind everybody, um, leave us a thumbs up right here on this video. Uh, you're, you're sitting there, just leave that thumbs up. Also, don't forget, we read your super chats, we read your humper chats. Your super chats, leave those at youtube.com slash fightful. Humper chats, humperchats.com. Cool thing about humper chats is you can leave those at any point. Um, as I mentioned on Day After Dynamite, make sure to specify what show those are for, just because, uh, if you're leaving them like in off hours, because, uh, sometimes I'll look at them and I'm like, this is kind of generic, but it, this could really go to any show. And then it turns out that was already read on one of the post shows. So if you're leaving it in off hours, just, you know, give us a four grapsity for dad. Usually we can tell if it's like a, I can tell when it's, we know which one's grapsity. for grapsity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just want to make sure that uh, if it's for us, we get it read. Like, we know when we see one from, uh, let's go with Anwar. He says, good morning, peace and love to everyone in the Grap City universe. Media Man, what was your favorite Golden State Warriors Media Championship Man. parade to attend or watch from home? And uh, follows up with, who are your favorite wrestling aces of all time? Um, I was at the one in, was it, years are crazy because I smoke a lot of pot, uh, 17 maybe, I can't honestly remember, It's a, there's been a lot honestly, but I was at one a couple years ago, the streets are blocked off, it's Oakland, California with the Warriors, you know, every, like a regular Sunday or Saturday in Oakland is nuts, imagine there being a Warriors parade there's all the superstar E40s driving around, two two shorts out here. It was uh, Oakland excellence, amazing, uh, and I can't wait to do it again this year when the Warriors do it again. All right, simmer down. Simmer down. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Simmer down. And I was going to say, I don't, you know, as far as yours are concerned, it wasn't 16, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we, don't, we don't have to talk about 2016. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been... What was the KD year? 
Uh, that was 17. The first KD year? Yeah, it was 17. Yeah. 17, yeah, was 17. Yeah. That's when it was. It was 17. So, yeah, and uh, as far as aces, does Bret Hart count as, his a- as an ace? Because that's mine. Yeah, I would yeah, say so. Yeah. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. But what's your definition of ace, though? Because Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, let, let's be real. These questions, all subjective. So before you get on your, your platforms on the on Jeff Bezos's internet and start tweeting on your thumbs and being like, <laughs> you know, righteous reg is wrong, bro. Yeah. And, and, and you know, uh, the, the, the polarizing Twitter over there of Phil W. Lindsay, um, <laughs> you know, every, every five minutes, somebody's up in that kid's mentions being like oh, your mother, your, your mother wears combat boots, Phil. It's always like yeah, an issue. It's like, always something. Um. Hey, uh, I'm gonna go with Io Shirai because I think that she was a huge part of making stardom what it is. Yeah, and I feel like she is probably like that run she went on where she was holding like four or five belts at the same time was crazy. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Io Shirai. Yeah. Oh, the wrestling aces. That's tough, right? Because like I don't know. I've always been one to gravitate more toward the person who's like not the ace at the time, where like. You know, top guy is, is, is John Cena, right? And so for me, then I turn around and I'm like, well, my favorite over here is Daniel Bryan. Um, wait a minute, wait so, a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. You started our show with John Cena Cause Cause I, Cause yeah, cause I found cow. it in a, I found it in a closet. Well, He's showing it again. It? He just um, keeps putting Cena over on this show. It's crazy here. How many people really have a collection of John Cena towels? Will Washington does, ladies and gentlemen, in every color. It's it's never one. Forget. I got one at a show that Cena was at, and I'm like, hey, I've never actually like. And he uses it Cena to towel. shine. He uses it to shine his one of one spinner Cena belt, and he's That's just it. like, see, he has the armbands on this all this oh, shit. Yes, yeah, there's a unique thing about that John Cena belt, by the way. Uh, so the nameplate on it is actually. The Rock and <laughs> why things are getting because it's the actual nameplate that The Rock used because that was the final nameplate when I saw uh, I could buy it I actually bought The Rock's nameplate uh, it's actually a, a legitimate nameplate he was the last the one Rock's that belt, plate so. yeah I get it okay okay it's about The Rock so uh, well, about I'm the still Rock trying to get this interview can you connect okay Emilio's here can you connect me to Dwayne Johnson <laughs> I know you're pretty connected my number one number one interview of all time is Dwayne Johnson because that's that's it's The Rock connect you're me, in, Emilio you're actually your your number one interview should be Brian Gewartz instead because I mean, he kind of helped create he kind of helped create Uncle DJ you're right but uh yeah Brian yeah. Brian Gewartz is in the he's in the phone so I got you what you need huh? <laughs> just, just I'm saying bro let's go <laughs> I'll say my ace. Oh, okay. There's my answer just because he's my favorite wrestler growing up, and technically in WCW he was. Sting! Uh, that's my guy. Um, that works. Let's see. We got another one from Jennifer. Jennifer always with the donation. She says, Thank love you, and light, Jennifer. gents. It has been a weird week. Please take care of your mental health and check in on your loved ones. So happy you are all with us. Thank you, Jennifer. I always appreciate that. Thank and, you so much, Jennifer. Uh, and that's true. Everybody check on your mental health. Uh, disconnect all the things you need to... Uh, get your shit together and you know what um if you do disconnect don't ever feel like you have to reconnect because uh my wife for a long time just recently decided that she was just kind of done with social media she was like you know what it's not good for my mental health i'm gonna just drop off social media for a little while and then she reopened all her apps 
on Monday and almost immediately was like, I don't want to be here still. And I was like, mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to return to social media. Don't feel like you have to you have to be a part of any of this. Sometimes it doesn't have to be a break. Uh, sometimes it can be just a permanent cut if that's what's the best thing for your mental health. Do it. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing is, is unplugging from this matrix, this, this weird, you know, insulary world of 250 characters and keeping up with the Joneses and reels on Instagram. You know, it, it's a matter of unplugging from that and and pulling from the divine within you to feel hey i don't i don't like this because it makes me feel like this but most ain't thinking that deep you feel me like it's real vapid into i gotta get this point off i gotta i gotta show off this thing i have to be part of this this entire collective because it's it's an attention that one needs because maybe they don't get it from or search for validation anywhere else. So you have to unplug from that and really figure out what's what's your vibration with you. And if it doesn't serve you, don't do it. You know what I mean? Right. Like I, I've made it a point sometimes to not really go on, you know, social media and, and tweet at peak times, as I like to call them, you know, when it's like during a major wrestling show or a major sporting event or some sort of news because everybody wants to react rather than respond in those instantaneous moments. So that's when I remove myself from the situation because I am not getting into it with an egg as an avatar trying to tell me I don't know anything about professional wrestling and or life. So that's when I'm like, okay, I'm going to go watch Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze, and I'm taking a pause, man. Like, yeah, um, no. I'm good. I'll come back in a couple of hours when it's all died down, and then I can get off some really funny Twitter things. Like my, Dexter Loomis, yeah. like my Dexter Loomis tweet that Phil called me and was like, you chose violence today, buddy. <laughs> Yo, the amount of times that this guy has seen Roadhouse, there would be like random stuff going on. Like I'm watching wrestling and I look at his feet and he's talking about Roadhouse. I'm like, Yo. <laughs> <laughs> greatest movie in the great it's the greatest movie in the world. It's on Netflix right now too, y'all. So watch that. Hey, um, Emilio, I want to. No, is that ahead. your go-to? Is that the is that the one the comfort movie? Um, there's there's a, there's like three. So it's like anytime Rocky's on, I'm watching it. Like I was up until seven o'clock this morning watching Rocky four because I had to I had to see the ending. Like I did not know who wins mm-hmm. at the end. You know what I mean? Um, so it's the earliest I've been up to in a very long time. Mm-hmm. But um. No, so yeah, but Roadhouse is one of them. I think the Masters of the Universe movie from the eighties with Dolph yes, Lundgren. Yes, that's mine too. <laughs> I can recite that movie word for word for word. word. I love that word movie. Word for word, you know, I think the opening scene is probably the most badass scene as Skeletor is walking Skeletor. into. Oh, no. He literally just took over Castle Grayskull, right? And the music is playing, ba ba bum ba and he's yeah. cutting his promo, and all you see is just feet. No, uh, hold on, and, a straight, and the, that is a straight yeah. up promo. He says. um... Uh, hold on, word for word, because she says we have sealed the gates of the city, the castle is secure, we're closing it on Thanurian as we speak, and then she's like, um... Report Evelyn! Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, he goes, they... report Evelyn, speak. And, yeah, and no, but, goes, but... After, and after all this time, Grace Skull is, is ours. ours. And then you hear the, the, the music tapers off that did it and then he goes, no! And he screams! And then he, you, you see him have his, like, hand... Yeah. On the set, he bangs his scepter into the floor, and then you just see him like click his hands like this, and the close up comes and he goes, 
mine. mine. And I'm, yeah. <laughs> the greatest heel of all time. I was like, no, nah, and honestly, when he turns out, when he says that, he, he turns around, he does the evil in activate the holosphere. It turns around, people of Eternia, the war is war over. Is over. Yeah, that, yeah, it's so great. That whole, it's, honestly, I feel like. For what was supposed to be like a really hokey movie, Frank Langella as Skeletor right. took that performance seriously. He he, he only <laughs> took that role because his son was a He-Man fan at the time. But mm-hmm. He-Man was also six or seven years in already where the franchise was on the decline during the movie. They thought that yeah. the sales were going to go up because of the movie. But the movie was completely different from the toy line. All you had was certain pieces. Like they couldn't – they didn't have the CGI to do Battle Cat yeah. and they didn't have the CGI to Orko, do Orko. Yeah. So that's why you had Billy Barty as as Gwildor. Uh, Gwildor. That's uh, why. And Phil and, Phil and Reggie just like, what the fuck I is don't this know. right now? <laughs> what, 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 I have about. seen that movie so many times. That mm. movie is it's like, so I used to rent it from Blockbuster on the regular. And then it used to come on TBS in the afternoons. And so I would record it. And yeah. so I have, I, I had like this recording of it on TBS that I, I used to watch that recording so much that I didn't just know the movie. I knew all the commercials in it because I was like three right. or four years old. Right, watching, right, right. Watching this I, I, TV edit of it. Right, and, my grandmother used to bootleg us stuff with a double VCR. So it was like I had, so I had that. So I would always watch that. But then, it, you know, thank God it lives on like cable tell, like HBO and yeah. Showtime. So like you know it's it's on now like you can go and you can click and you can watch and like yeah man I'll run it back. It, so there's only several movies that I'll run back ever. I think you know I think I've watched Roadhouse so many times that you know I could do a I could literally do a a, a thesis on Patrick Swayze and 80s toxic masculinity and teased hair. Mm-hmm. Um He-Man's <laughs> another one. All the Rockies I'm good with. You give me like the first four Jean-Claude Van Damme movies I can do Lethal Weapon 1 I'm all in on. Ah, uh, what else? I mean, anything with explosions and gratuitous violence and some nudity. I think I was, I think I was that was it as a kid, you know. So I, I was, I was doing all that. Oh, and then if you want something wholesome, I'll always run back. Um, it's a Wonderful Life because that's because not where I was expecting you to go for wholesome. No, I know I, 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 it's wholesome, but it's scary at the same time too because half the way in the middle of that. Mo- Dude, watch, watch. It's a I've wonderful never life. seen this movie, by the way. Oh, okay. Phil, do you ha- Phil, do you do anything outside of just living <laughs> on the computer with professional wrestling? Like, no. do you watch? No, I, do you I just watch, don't. That's not. A, that's TV? not on my top of my list. I've never right, seen. Well, here, it. Never uh, seen well, Roadhouse. Here's what we're gonna. Well, he, well, I, I, wow. I'm so angry at this right now. We've had this conversation before. I've never seen. I know. Roadhouse. I know. We have to change this. So when you when you come to New York, we're gonna we're gonna get pizza. We're gonna come back to the crib, and we're gonna watch these two movies. And you're gonna fall in love with them, and then you're gonna be a Swayze disciple as well, and you're gonna become quite crazy for Swayze. Crazy so. for Swayze. <laughs> hey, we got a couple more super chats. Yeah. We got I am La Lucha says, "Yo, that Cena towel had me like no." Yeah, same here. <laughs> same here, La Lucha. There you go. Yeah, there's a better towel for you. Oh, let's go, baby. There you go. Yeah, we'll see. Never give up does not apply to the Bulls, obviously. But uh nah, man, don't do our guys <laughs> like that. Shots fired. Uh I am La Lucha says, uh, did y'all see LL talking about paying homage and respect to the pioneers? Spit in yeah. fact. Oh yeah. Hip hop oh, yeah. is American culture and folks need to acknowledge that. 
Again, academics I mean, got in here. He, he academics became like a wrestling troll and became the guy. That's how it is. When you laugh, when you when you say, "Look at this guy," when you dunk, that the, eventually those guys become the guys if they get so many tweets and so many dunk. If you but, get dunked on so many times, people know who you are and you somehow get a name in this business. And it's great. right. But but my thing is this, and this is what I I, I found um rather like you know anger ensuing was, dude, how do you like? The thing that you profit off of, and mm-hmm. you make a lot of money off of this to the point where, like, you don't got to do anything else for the rest of your life. You're, you're, I think you're that financially solvent because, you know, you're about your money and, and rightfully so, as you should be. But my thing is this, like, you don't understand or, or pave the way that, you know, these individuals that weren't making money because it wasn't a genre beforehand. Right. Where in most, you know, you had, if you went down into the lower east side, you had um, hip hop shows going on at the same time as as punk rock shows, and the crowd didn't know what to make of them. And you're doing everything for free, and you're trying to do this where labels weren't investing in hip hop because they did not understand if if black men could actually be a viable source of of income and revenue for a label. So outside of R and B, jazz, soul, or whatever, they didn't know what this was. So for you to sit there and talk about the thing that you profit off of in a negative way and say that they're – well, what makes them dusty? It's the fact that they probably did get the shaft where mm-hmm. maybe you know Grandmaster Flash and the Furies 5 are – if they're not multimillionaires. But, but look, look at where it came from too and look at the value of a dollar and how inflation has created over, over the years. So you can have your little babies – and you can have your, your favies, and they could be all iced out, and they could be dripped out because of their their billions of spins. But you have to give props to guys like the UMCs and the Furious Fives, and you know what I mean. You got to give credit to Def Jam for being the first hip hop label and signing the artist. And so, if that's considered dusty, fuck off. Because if you don't have the pioneers to pave the way to really be in the trenches doing it for you to make money as a, I won't even say a journalist or a DJ, mm-hmm. I'll just say as a opinionist, because that's yep. just what he is. He's an opinionist. So for you to sit there, like, how are you going to say that? You know? Yeah. Okay. Let's just say the, the, the middle to like late nineties, they really started to make more money. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But that was because like, People started to put their dollar into hip hop, but you're going to discredit dudes that paved the way to start so you can make money. Are you serious? So that's why a guy like LL, when he came on and he spoke so passionately about what he did was because he was there. He's seen it. Mm -hmm. So so how are you, how are you going to discredit this thing like that, that you're in, like you make your money off of this. Mm -hmm. So why don't you sit down and get off your high horse Instead of always bigging up the ones that have like the jewels and the streams and the clout and actually interview these guys if you're a journalist. Right. And talk about the the actual thing. Like Cypher Sounds did a great episode of one Ep with Pete Nice from Third Base. And mm. Pete really talks about the rise of KMD and MF Doom. And you want a literally a cool little uh, background as to the come up and the struggle, man. Listen, listen to to Cipher talk to Pete Nice because you will you will definitely hear like the the genesis of Doom, the struggle of Doom, the passing of his brother, 
the the alcoholism and then to get to where he was at. So it's like, but you gotta like if you struggle in this art, like that's the. I, I, I guess I'm romanticizing a little bit, but like that's the I guess the beauty of it because then it it works. But it's also in the same token you can have people say, oh man, once they got to the WWE or AEW, like you know everything changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know now they make their money. Meanwhile, like people would right. say like. You know, oh, I can't believe Samoa Joe left, you know, Impact to go to WWE. Or I can't believe uh, mm-hmm. Tyler Black left ROH to go to WWE. So it, to me, it's like, wow, like get off of your, your high hoss, man, and just fall back. And like, who like, who are you to do yeah. that? Right. That, that, yeah. that, 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 that's annoying because it's like, dude, some yeah. of these, these older dudes, like, you know, they can't afford health care right now. And. And but you mean to tell me you're not going to give Cool Herc his flowers because he might dress dusty? But that's the Godfather of of the DJ, really? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't think I don't think anybody can really say it better than LL. I won't try to uh, match his passion or match his points, um, but I do think it's really corny to, you know, attribute value to what people do off of money because it's just right. It's just whack. And I mean, to be honest. A lot of guys that look flashy today that are looking icy, they have no money. Like, they have no real money. Exactly. They spent all they mm-hmm. have on that. And that mm-hmm. money's not going to be here 10 years. That influence is not going to be there 10 years later. So, Well, well that's the no thing. Who are, you, who are you going to listen to, right? Like, I, I'm going to be honest. I am, like, five years removed from anything major urban radio. I'm, I'm five years mm-hmm. removed, right? I can't tell. Like, it all sounds the same. If we were to play yeah, a game a right now, is. if we were to play a game, is it future? Is it, <laughs> is it, uh, is it the baby? Is it, um, oh God, who, little who baby? Like, like, you know, it, it, <laughs> is it all of them? Like, all of the littles that mumble and use the auto tune still to this day, like, and all the same rhyme, like, you know, like simile metaphor, like even just cadence, mm-hmm. I, I would probably tell you, I don't know who this person is. Like, See, I, I have an I eleven year old daughter, so I I that keeps me <laughs> um definitely knowing still. Uh right. and, and and fully aware like when my daughter's like, Hey, it's a new Roddy Rich song and I'm like That's oh, that's, that's cool. the one. Yeah. Like apparently that's the heir apparent. That's like literally the new Jesus Christ of auto tune and like, mm-hmm. you know, Rod <laughs> Rod Rod Wave too. Rod Wave's another one. I I've mm-hmm. I've heard of Rod Wave. I've never mm-hmm. listened to a Rod. You know, I don't I'm know one Rod album. Wave song. If somebody said, "Say a Rod Wave song right now or die," I'd be dead. I don't know. I You'd be I dead. I, I would. Be, I, I would. I would be like, "Hey, but before you shoot me, did you listen to the new Rock Mossy Alchemist record?" And he's like, "Nope, you're dead." That's fire. Or, or the Derringer Mayhem Loren. Mm-hmm. That Rock Marcy is crazy. Yeah. I've been living in that for a yeah. long. Rock Marcy time. album is really good. I heard he was at, at a Grand Slam, by the way. Yeah, he was. Was. Rock That's Marcy right. was in the building, see, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we got to back, bitch. Let's read a couple yeah, more mind. because uh, I want to talk about Grand Slam. So uh, just real quick, uh, let's see. We got Chris bringing back up uh, Dub C from earlier. Said, put some respect on Dub C's name. Illest member of the West Side Connection yay, gang. Yay, <laughs> yay. Yay, <laughs> Yeah, no, straight up. I like Dub C. I was not, it was not disrespected to Dub C. Dub C's amazing West Side Connection. California. You know, I've never disrespect anybody from California. Yo, was you Dub know, C funny the is, one 
doing the crip walking corn's got the life when they do the get yes. pretty on it. Yes. It's like, yeah, uh-huh. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> that was definitely Dev C. So I was, I would say of the three, see, I was bigger on Mac 10, right? Cause, uh, it, I know this is probably a rare opinion. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't follow internet takes on Mac 10, but when I was 14, that was when Mac 10 signed with cash money for like that year. And yeah. it was the weirdest combination of, it was, weird. it was the weirdest combination, right? Cause like if you were reading the source magazine or XXL and you saw the, uh, the ad in it with featuring the whole cash money lineup. And for whatever reason you look at it and you're like, why is Mac 10 here? This doesn't make any sense. You're looking at BG, you're looking at big timers, you're looking at Lil Wayne and Mac 10. Like it didn't fit. Uh, but I'm like, I, I think I can vibe with this. And then the album came out, Banger Ball. That's still my favorite Mac 10 album, honestly. I love that album. I thought Manny Fresh's production with Mac 10 is still uh, something that was two sounds I didn't know I ever wanted together, but it sounded really good. And like Connected for Life, right? The What is it like tossing them hoes? Like that song. <laughs> uh, that was West Side Connection, but it was Manny Fresh producing it. So it was just a very different track. And a different sound for West Side Connection to have Manny Fresh on the beats. Like, nah, that's... You went from uh, a way a way different time frame than I was gone. I was thinking of Mac-10 as a lick, West Side as a click, can't get enough of that gangster shit. My favorite Mac-10 uh-huh. thing is in Beef 1, where they're talking about uh, the beef between uh, Ice Cube and Common. And Mac-10 is like, that common shit was whack. He was like, we were, I already knew where you he were was going. like, we were dope. We were, we was in the, uh, we was punching meat and shit in the, in the thing. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Mac 10 was, Mac 10 was going ham. Shout out to Mac 10. Shout out to West Side Connection. Shout out to hip hop. This is a, uh, episode this, of hip hop. Yeah, this, this is, is what like, I like. This is what I like most about like the hip hop discourse that you can have is because there is a whole bunch of regionalism and, exactly. you know, and, and, you know, Reggie is, is, I don't know if you know this, everybody watching on, on YouTube right now, but Reggie's from, the West Coast. He's from the Bay Area. <laughs> Phil's from Chicago. I don't know if anybody knows. I don't that. know. I don't you think know, anybody. Knows. Knows. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knew where I was from. So, know. you know, I, I I like to hear like the 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 little stories because growing up, like you know, I'll only I'll know of like the names, right? But you'll know right. like the real subtle nuance of it. Um, you know, like I walk around yelling "bitch," like you know, mm-hmm. I, I, on my too short shit because. That's what, you know, you listen to, but to hear little things like that, like, oh, who he was beefing with this one because of this record and this, this mm-hmm. and that. Like, to me, that's the that's the juicy stuff. Like, that's the, that's the, best, the beauty man. of hip-hop, man, because it, I've it seen is, so yeah. many hip-hop documentaries, I can't even, like, it's it's like, I've seen them and I'm like, I know what they're going to say already. Like, that's how many I've seen. But as soon as they right. put out a new one, I'm watching yeah. the fuck out right. of it. I love it so right, much. Right, right, right. It's beautiful. It's, and see, being from Denver, we didn't have a hip hop scene, so it's one of those like we just had to kind of pick. And so, um, you know, being closer to the the West Coast, um, I and plus I'm originally from California, so I originally picked pretty much just on West Coast hip hop, right? Like in high mm-hmm. school, I was obsessed with Bay Area music. Um, I I don't know if anybody remembers this, but for those of you who have been listening to me long enough, my uh, and I see a couple in the chat. Um, who know that when, like, Mac Dre meant a lot to me, right? I was distraught when Mac Dre passed. And mm-hmm. to the point of where, uh, I remember on the one year anniversary I did, uh, uh, on RBR, I just played Mac Dre tracks on the live, uh, on the live go. feed. Uh, but, 
That's all right. Um, no, cause like I was just into that whole scene, right? I had messy Marv. Like I still listen to messy Marv every once in a while, even though my daughter will hear it and go, what the, what is this dad? And mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, cause he got that track B, right? Where like, uh, <laughs> every single line starts with the letter B. Um, and cause he's a blood, you know that, but, uh, but my daughter's <laughs> listening to it and she's like, I don't, I don't get it. And I'm like, you won't. You can't, yeah, it's please one of those never you had to get be it. there. I hope you yeah, never get yeah, it. Yeah, please nah. never get it. Definitely <laughs> don't bring somebody home that gets it. Yeah, Definitely yo. don't. <laughs> yeah, but YG, yo, but YG, but YG did it. Did it? You know, a decade later, though, yeah. too, with changing, right. changing all the C's to B's. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so yeah, the new generation's on yeah. that shit too. Definitely. Yeah, I know. So. Mm-hmm. My favorite uh, Bay Area would be the people under the stairs, though. So I was see, I was more of a of a of a bit of a of a underground back. Yeah, I was on that side a, too, like far for a side, hot minute. Souls the mischief and all that. Yeah, definitely. yeah, right. Like that's I I was like, oh, I'm not listening to nothing if it's on terrestrial radio. It needs to be on a ten watt radio station. <laughs> <laughs> and you ended up working at radio. Like how right. how that work? Hmm. Um, God did. That's how Phil. Um, <laughs> Come on, man. Call it, man. Full circle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, RH oh, says WWE QR codes is the new little orphan Annie decoder pin. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a massive secret message, it was just a crummy commercial. To also, get a T-shirt. Get- Mm-hmm. Get Jay and Oscar. We're gonna talk about that in a minute because okay. I, I I love that opening lot. segment. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, and let's see. Bugaboo Jones became a new member. Says FTR is an incredible team, but they don't get to have the, all the uh, tag belts. There's too many great teams waiting for some shine. Uh, hey, look, I actually I was saying that right. I was saying back in the summertime as we were starting to see the rise of FTR. I mean, not not the rise of FTR, the rise of the acclaimed. Um, I was saying that look, FTR's got three sets of titles. There are things you can do with FTR. But you have an opportunity to elevate other teams right now. And I appreciate that at the end of the day, other teams did get elevated. Um, while oh, FTR still gets to maintain, uh, but, what they've but got. But they have to, yeah, but they gotta defend them now. Yeah, that's you what have, I was gonna yeah, say. Have, they yeah. haven't defended the belts in what, how long has it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Now, do you go to the Dome? Are you going to the Dome right. and defending the IWGP Tag Team Championship? Because eventually, like, it's either to. you you got to do it or give them up. Give them They're up. cool they, to have as a, as a talisman to hold on to, you know? If we could talk about tag teams right now ta- or tag team championships, let's do that. Let's remove tag teams for a minute. If you want to see FTR carry them, what other championships out there are, do you feel that are major? So let's, they don't have the AEW one, so that's one, right? Um, I would say GCW tag team titles hold some weight on the indies. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe Impact? Is that like, let's, cause remove WWE from the equation. Uh, is it, is it those, is it those three? Would you mm-hmm. say like, uh, like are the ones that people want to see them, see them hold? I, again, I I don't know. Like I, I don't I don't know any other indie promotion out there right now that does have the the weight of of GCW. I right. think the Impact one was would just be a funny joke. And I, I would I would say NWA just because I they they that, feel like just an for their history. Team, yeah, they, history. So, yeah. That would be but one. Then it's NWA. So ugh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you really just want it for the history, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and... That's, uh, that, and that's the thing, and and you know you have to 
Like it look look at it like I always look at when the teams are hot, it's like a revolving door, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get your time, you're cemented, you're a top guy. Cool. Now you can come out the moment like those synth chords hit on your theme song, the crowd's gonna go bananas, right? right. But now you, right. you gotta see your other teams have to build up too because you have to elevate that division. Mm-hmm. So what like Swerve and Keith Lee did with the help building the acclaim was tremendous. Having Billy Gunn at too tremendous. You know, there was a nice like shift in in how it worked. So now you have people scissoring and going crazy the nah, moment DJ that they Who come was out. Scissoring the entire building, bro. <laughs> he was going yo, he was going crazy about that. And so to so to see what they're doing, now it's like, okay, now you have a team that can take on FTR. You have a team that could take on the Bucks. You have a team that could take on whoever to award Joe, you know, right. for instance, if they wanted to go at it. Because you have a really good tag team division with a lot of viable players in it, but it doesn't have to be the same five or three teams in that right. company, for instance. Now you can have a nice mix and a real diverse group of cats holding this championship. Like to me, I was always waiting for Pride and Powerful to have that yeah, tag yeah, team yeah, run, yeah. and it sucks. never, it never happened. That's that's always going to be the greatest what if for me in AEW. Mm-hmm. But, do do we like, have a status on Santana, by the way? I mean, he got really hurt in that, yeah, um, uh, in Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. So yeah. Hey, uh, Amila, then, before we get into uh, Grand Slam, I actually had a question, uh, or I wanted to get your thoughts. During the uh, MJF interview with Ariel Hawani, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people are focusing on, you know, a bunch of things that he said. But the focus for me was that he got into how important MLW was to his come up and a lot of people's come up. I thought it was super interesting that, like, in that interview that MLW was the company that got put over. And we yeah. know that you produced some talent in MLW. Yeah. Was yeah. was that surprising one? And also how how important is it to develop how important is promos and development to a wrestler beyond the just being a great wrestler? Okay, so I'll say this. Um I produced for about ten months in mm-hmm. MLW and I had I had a nice crop of of cats that I I worked with and developed because I seen something in them. Um, EJ and Duca, mm-hmm. I think is is a stud. Um, Danny Limelight and Slice Boogie. Love Danny Limelight. Um, he's great. Uh, Casey Navarro. I Casey's was with, incredible. You know, I was working with with Killer Cross as well. I worked with um, I worked with a lot, and and I can you know they allow their producers to produce and really really get in there. And so I think a company like that who doesn't have one, they don't really have the means, which is a big, like frustrating point, which is like one of the reasons why, like, I kind of walked away was like, you know, monetarily gained because it's, it's, it, it takes you out of your, you know, it takes you out of your, like your rhythm and flow with your other jobs. And it's like, then you have to focus on this for like the two days and their 15 hour days. And you want to just put it like that. But for a guy like him, you can see what they were doing with him. They were grooming him and they were allowing him time to develop who this MJF character was going to be. And I think that's a real good sign of dudes like, you know, Court and Jared and, you know, um, you know, Greeny, where they allow their guys to like really do it. And big shout outs to Biff Lawson too, because he's another mm-hmm. producer there that doesn't get his flowers. Biff yep. is, yeah. Biff shout is incredible. 
um, you know, it was me, Biff, and this camera guy, Freddie, that they used to call the three-headed monster because we would come in and we would literally sit down with these with these dudes and be like, all right, what do you want to do? And that was always my thing. You know, I would always tell them, okay, um, who are you in regards to your character? Well, I'm this, that, and the third. I'm like, nah, man, you're just saying words. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to hear yeah. the words. Like, you know, that like, like you want to know why Kurt Angle worked when he said the three eyes because he made you believe it. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to know why what was a thing because Austin made you believe it. So the stuff that you're telling me before we do this promo, you know, it's just words, B. It's just hitting. Mm-hmm. And it's just falling down. So he would like, so I won't say who, but like they would say something and I would, okay, all right, cool. This is, this is good. Could could you allow me? And then I would act it out for them, like with them. And I would Mm -hmm. say like what they would say, but then I would add like, like a different type of body language or a movement. And then you would see like the Eureka moment, like they would get it because I'm like, remember guys, this is performative now. Anybody can go out and do the moves, Jack. Like, who? But what stands out about you is this. So you have this like thirty-second to sixty-second window to really shine on your backstage promo because MLW very rarely the only ones that really cut the in-ring promos is a cat like Richard Holiday, who right. I'm gonna be real with you needs to leave MLW and go somewhere else because that dude's a star. Um. So it's like, whoa, I cut the in ring, but I let's cut these promos back here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but that place is a great place as a jumping point to go somewhere else. I think Cord Bauer is an incredible eye for talent. I think he knows like, okay, I'm going to help groom this one. And then when they're ready to go, I can say they're a product of my hard work and my learning tree. So I think the promo is real important, but it's companies like that that allow you to be great. And gotcha. and MJF was a product of that. Not to say that he was a product of MLW, but I think Max is a product of understanding early on that you get off when you watch when you're on TV. So your little time on the box has to be so meaningful. So every word has to count. Right. Feel me? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing that we always try to – um, convey. I, I know that that's what I would do and Biff would do. We would always say, yo, it's YouTube. There's a lot of people watching YouTube. Right. And MLW, you know, each week, Fusion would get 100,000, 200,000 views. So it's like, yo, make it last for a minute. One of my favorite promos was Casey Navarro. He was doing his feud with Enzo Amore. And we were in, um, we were in South Carolina. And he tells me, um, what do you, you would always say big bro. So anytime, like when we would like, we would have early call time. So he would text me real early in the morning. Like, all right, big bro, let's, let's go. I'm like, all right. So we would, I would be like, all right, once I get there, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. And he was like, what do you, what, what do you want me to do? I go, no, 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 no. It's not what I want you to do. What do you want it to? And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I want to do a eulogy because we're going into the street fight and, and you know, uh, it's a different me. I'm not. I'm not really braggadocious with this one. I, I want to fight because there was this whole thing where Enzo like attacked him and he was supposed to be Casey's mentor and like mm-hmm. whatever. So it was like really interesting storytelling the whole time. And the kids cutting great promos. Enzo is just a great promo. And I tell him, okay, let's do this. I go, have you ever seen Batman returns? And he goes, yeah, I go. So I pull up a scene that I wanted him to emulate. It's the scene where Michael Keaton in the beginning is contemplating and he's sitting in the dark 
and then the bat signal hits and he raises up. Right, and it's that big moment with the Danny Elfman music, and it's like you know, boom, and then he comes up and he has like this. I I gotta go do what I have to do now. So we found this like real dark and dingy corner in like this arena, and I tell him, (laughs) I tell him, here's what I want you to do because all the all your promos leading up to this, you've been you've been mocking Enzo, you've been doing the how you doing. I go and you've been you've been real loud and braggadocious and you you know. I was like, slow it down this one. Don't yell. Don't scream. I go, and what I want you to do first before you even speak, I go, give it 10 Mississippis in your head. Now, that's a long time not to say anything. Mm-hmm. I go, but I guarantee you, I go, less is more with this one. Sometimes slow is fast, kid. Trust me on this one. And I say, look off in the distance. Take your glasses off. Keep them in your hand. And then say what you want to say. Hit your three beats. I go in and out 45 seconds. And then at the end, instead of yelling, how you doing, just say it and put your glasses back on and look off again and then shrug the camera away with your hand. Best promo. I think the kid ever did. And I think it's the best promo we ever had on, on MLW. Mm. So wait, what you're telling me is you, you gave him the R Kelly B2K, um, man, essentially you should go in, go in a ring, spin around, Take your glasses off. I don't know if you guys saw the same story off Drink Champs. Fucking hilarious. Oh my no, but it, it, it's it's things like that where it. I, I like having my... This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply guys or my girls tell the story in a different way because anybody can go on and yell and cut a promo and battle right but that's not what it's about what it's about is really like saying this is what it is and i think mjf paints that picture like Mm -hmm. he comes in he'll lay it all out right and then he'll get intense and then he drops his voice he becomes serious then he'll pick it back up again the next beat where he'll be an asshole and and then like he'll say something like real slanderous and then again more intensity and then he drops down again and then his final beat is when he's out and he that's the most like poignant thing and he says and he hits it boom 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 if you look there's always like a, it's a three arc narrative when you want to tell your stories when cutting a promo you always hit your you hit your promo marks in three beats always and then you're out and he always hits them always hits them Oh, there's some bars. Yeah, bars. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, two more things I want to read. Um, one and the third one is gonna. All right, so three things I'm gonna read from two people. 
third one is going to lead us into a discussion. So, uh, first one is from our friend Cher. She says, uh, on the topic of belts going back, she says, now you both have to defend the belts. Look, I got a lot of belts I got to defend here. All defend right. all this of them. Is... <laughs> yeah, you, you definitely got to defend having that spinner belt in your house, bro. <laughs> <laughs> why? 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 That's been, why? The spinner belt nah. was... The spinner belt the was the belt. longest. Yeah, but the spinner belt was the longest reigning belt. Uh, it, it it took over the wing. Eight Eagle. years. Yeah, yeah. it got a eight part, years, a... 13 champions. Like, it's... Well, granted, they were the same guy winning the belt over and over again. <laughs> yeah. But, the issue uh, was is, like, the spinning thing was dead when he started yeah, it. And then eight years I, after something is dead is a long time to have. Yeah, I, I hated it. A part, of, part of my soul dies that Punk's most well-known WWE title reign is that belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I... I I didn't get that belt till 2019, and really it was because a guy who was like not like an avid belt collector had it and didn't even realize which version of it he had, and mm-hmm. so that was uh, why I had to make sure I grabbed that one. Um, I'm not but, a belt collector. I have one. No, I have two. I have two belts, and I, I don't really like parade them around. I've never uh, been one of those guys to, I got to bring my belt to a, uh, to a wrestling show. Mm-hmm. That, that's yeah. just, By the way. Do not bring your belt to a show and keep putting it up in front of the hard cam the entire show. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, that was annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm at the moment, I own seven belts and my wife was just telling me, so you can see the shelf holds four, right? So she was like, I got to get you another shelf. And I'm like, yeah, but then you got to get me another belt because otherwise I'm going to have one with four and one with three. What am I going to do so with what, that? Right, so, so what, what, what don't you have then out of the seven? So, well, so the thing is, I think the next one I want is, uh, not the current version, but the last um, IWGP uh, heavyweight. I feel like that was that's the one I want in the collection. Um, not the one that looks like a big butterfly, right? Oh, <laughs> oh the Diva, oh, oh, Divas. I said 2. butterfly. 0. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Divas yeah, we started trouble yeah. this week with the butterfly belt. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We already started yeah, trouble with the, the butterfly belt. Yeah. No, I. That's the the last one I feel I want in my collection, and then I think I've got everything I. I, I've wanted over the years. Because even still, there's one right behind me where I've got the current WWE. There's really no reason to own any others because I've seen people who have like that one and then like the Universal. And I'm thinking they're kind of all the same. So at that point, what's. You know, once you play with the actual <laughs> real belts, it, it, you mm-hmm. can't, it, it, you can't, it's like, it, it's going backwards. You can't. Mm-hmm. It, it's, you know what I you mean? Like, the one. yeah. You, you yeah, kind of so, like, you know. Like, well, like, so the, oh, the no. funny thing is, um, you know, uh, I I definitely became a snob for customs because uh, after a while, you know, so the the story of my belts, guys, I told the story of this one. Story of my um, Attitude Era belt is that's my original. That's the first belt I ever bought. I was 14 years old. I was mowing lawns. And that's a WWF. That's not a WWE Attitude Era belt. I was, so, was going to yeah. ask, does it yeah. have the what type of what type of It's got of the, the scratch insignia. logo. Yeah. Okay, because so, one of my one of my good friends, Joe, he has that the, the that second inversion of the winged eagle, but with the mm-hmm. blue WWF insignia. I, I, I've wanted that yeah. one too. Yeah, so I got this one. That that was one of those. If you saw those old figures, toy company um, advertisements in WWF magazine back in the day, and they have all the belts in the catalog, and then and so I like mowed lawns for a summer to get that one, and so that's my yeah. original. That's the first belt <laughs> I ever got. I've held on to that one. Uh, it's actually signed by Mick Foley, and that's like wow. my classic. This one here is a custom I had made by a belt maker. Um, and 
I'm not going to say who made that one uh, because they get into trouble for it. But I will say this, that um, there's a guy who makes all the AEW belts, Ron Edwardson. He is a phenomenal belt maker. He And he'll tell you, he got started making boots. Uh, that was his whole thing is he made bootleg belts. And then Cody found him and was like, dude, these are like as good as the legitimate belts. And AEW hired him to produce all of their championship belts. He's made the tag team. He made the TBS, TNT, uh, every belt AEW has. Uh, he even, he didn't make the original version of the current women's belt, but he made the one that, um, uh, Tony Storm has now. Great belt maker. He made the tag team belts, the one that you got to hold. Uh, yeah, the, the ones you've had the real deal. It's like not the same. So I, I now go to custom belt makers to get belts I want made because like those ones that they make at WWE shop, they're just, I don't know. They, it's it's factory made. It's it's all you can tell. There's not you know, a when, whole lot of handcrafting to them. When you see the actual WWE television belts, like when you're mm-hmm. when you're there, like yeah, they they keep them in like it's like a storage locker case kind yeah. of thing, like a rollout case. But like when you see them in person, you get to hold them and like they're really detailed and photos and sometimes on television, it does not do them justice. Like uh, they are. Like the women's tag team championships, they're really nice in person. Like yeah. really super clean. Like really well detailed, great etching. Like the tooling, like on the leather is even cool. Yeah. Like they're dope belts, man. I mean, I will say though, you can tell when WWE is not using the legitimate belts. And they mm-hmm. both times that they've had to do it were when there were overseas mishaps. Because like the WWE shop replicas they pop on television. You could tell when it's just something from WWE shop. And the two times it happened were uh, the Saudi plane when everything got uh, when like half the roster got stuck. The championships got stuck with them. And so in 2019, when Brock came back as WWE champion, he didn't have the belt with him. And so they just had him come to the ring with just like they just pulled a belt from one of the stands WWE shop. And you could absolutely tell he didn't have the real belt on his shoulder. It didn't look like it. it the way that the light was hitting it, it, the way you could tell that um, the diamonds just don't quite shine. Yeah, they don't quite shine the same way. You could tell Brock Lesnar has got a WWE shop replica around his waist. It's also <laughs> like looking at somebody when you know they're wearing a pair of like reps from like like a, a, a sneaker rep. It's like, ah, yeah. come on, my guy. <laughs> really? Like this is what you're doing? Like, that check's looking janky, brother. What are we doing over there? And the other time was in 2010 where there was that um, – some people might not be old enough to remember this, but there was a big volcano that kept, WWE, <laughs> yes. that kept the WWE roster stuck overseas. And so for an episode of Raw, they brought in, like, the SmackDown roster, but the belts were all still with that overseas crew. And so Jack Swagger, who was world heavyweight champion at the time, has – and it's the worst when it comes to the big gold belt because the big gold belts, the WWE shop sells, are like flat. They don't look mm-hmm. like the real deal. So Jack Swagger is coming out with this belt around his waist that is very obviously just like one from WWE shop. And uh it, it was extremely clear that they didn't have – the championships with them, but both times, both times that they've had to use, and then AEW for like a month, Hangman was walking around with the uh, the one from Shop AEW. Um, anyway, though, the other thing Cher said was Emilio didn't watch cartoons; he was watching, or he was three watching Rocky. So <laughs> she gets me. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to give a shout out to Daniel R. Daniel R. sent in this. Uh, 
Humper Chat back on Thursday during Day After Dynamite. Sorry, Daniel, that I missed it because I was basically in a hurry getting out because I don't know if you guys who saw that show, but uh, it ran a little long. I have to pick up my son at 2.45. And so when it hit 2.45, I was like, all right, we're out. And <laughs> so I didn't get to finish reading all of the Humper Chats. Uh, but he reached out to Sean, and Sean let me know that I missed this one. This one happens to relate to Dynamite, which we're going to be talking about. Uh, and he says, uh, I don't like that the first three matches all had interference. It was just, it just was really annoying, but very happy about the acclaim. So let's talk about the show. Um, cause you were there, Amelia. Um, yes. and I didn't get to go this year. I wanted to. I went last I also year. did not get to go. Uh, yeah. And Philip Lindsay didn't to get to go. Uh, yeah. You were supposed to go, and then, uh, Phil's a busy man. We've been talking about it for months, and then you didn't get to go. Uh, but Why? I will still say, watching Grand Slam on television, uh, it's still Arthur Ashe Stadium. I'd like being there last year. It's just it's it's a beautiful stadium to be in. It's um, I don't know. It, it just the atmosphere feels different from all of the other shows I've attended. But even seeing it on TV, I still feel it's one of the best looking television broadcasts done currently. Right. Yeah. You know what it is too. It's it's huge, and there's mm-hmm. it. It's a lot of seats in there, but there's always a good seat in the house. Mm-hmm. That's the type of venue it is, mm-hmm. and the the fandomonium was real electric going into that thing like that crowd was super lit the entire night like they were on you know um tbs and you just knew like they were just on the edge of their seats waiting for and i think like everybody wanted to see the who was going to be the either the next world tag team champions or would you know swerve in our glory retain and who was going to be aew world heavyweight champion so people were, were, were literally on the edge of their seats all night like waiting for those things and and you know it starts off and it's like the crowd is first off too i i, I want to preface this um going to a wrestling event and watching it at home and scrolling on your phone the energies are not there because you get all totally the nitwit you get the nitwits and like that that army of unfuckable hate nerds on social media as opposed to like going there and like hanging out with folks that actually want to pull up and hang out and right. do something. Right. And it's the, the, the energies are two completely different things. Give me a phonetic energy crowd every day that wants to go to a show and cheer and spend their money and just have a good time and be so fixated on the thing to live in the moment. That's the type of of wrestling show I want to go to, right? I've been to a thousand WWE ones that have that pacing and, and AEW shows and Grand Slam always delivers. They don't, they always come out the bag. So it's like, man, you come out swerving Keith with fab who kids with the acclaimed. I mean, so let's just, you fast forward the pomp and circumstances of the, the intro. There was one time where I got taken out of the match for a spot and then, like, you know, you could tell, like, they fumbled a little bit. The pacing was a little off. And then they went right back into it, and they had the crowd again. So, to me, that's great storytelling because it's like, okay, you lose them for a second, and then you bring them right back, and then they're hot for the entire time up until the finish, and then they just go crazy during the finish. And then MJF comes out immediately following that. So, 
Like sometimes I do disagree with AEW pacing, mm-hmm. but for a show like that, the pacing was on point. It was yeah. just bing, 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 like let's hit it all. Just go. We're not giving them a chance to breathe. Crushed yeah. it. Crushed it. Honestly, I think the last two AEW shows and the ratings reflected, I think, um, have been really smartly paced. And because uh, I thought last week's show, you know, I gave them credit for the video packages they put in between the matches and uh, just giving people a chance to kind of absorb what's going on. I thought uh, they did a much better job with that. And the two, the thing that the last two shows really show was uh, there isn't a big drop off like at all. I think there's from segment to segment, it's never more than like less than a hundred thousand fans but the show maintains and that's what the last two episodes did and i feel like that is a sign that uh they're getting a little bit smarter with the pacing of the shows these last few weeks i feel like the early AEW shows were really paced that way and then they just kind of gotten that almost like mid-2000s tna mode of uh something would happen and then uh, just immediately we're like, all right, now let's move on to the next thing. And cause like, I, I used to hate that about old TNA, right? And like, yeah, when yeah. Wardlow won the TNT championship and he's on the ramp and we're not even getting a chance to soak it in cause Excalibur is like, all right, now let's talk about the next thing that's about to happen. And yeah. I can't even yeah. imagine what the crew had to do to like come out and now let's just sweep up all this confetti because as soon as we come back, we're moving on to completely something else. We're not even talking about Wardlow anymore. And I thought that the pacing here was just. They've gotten a lot better the last couple of weeks with the pace kind of back to the old school AEW. Um, It's it's cool to have, you know, back to back to back. But if you could just space it out just a bit, even if the announcers don't say anything and you give mm -hmm. that three seconds, four seconds, that five second little window and just let the silence of the crowd as the music's playing, as the acclaimed is celebrating, just let 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 that be it. Just let that be it. Right. And yeah. then you can move into the next thing with the agenda and continue to tell the story. Like just let it just like three beats. Boom, boom. And just keep going. I was really happy for the acclaim though. I'm really happy that they got yeah. that moment. Um, you know, I tweeted right after it happened about how they're really AEW's first started from the bottom act, uh, to make it to the top. That they brought them in on dark. They had nothing. Weren't getting they, get, yeah. weren't getting get signed originally. If you if you look mm-hmm. at them their rise has been what you want in terms of how to build, book, and and program a a performer. You know, AEW, right. I don't think gets the credit that they deserve in building their mid-card guys. You know, mm-hmm. you've seen yeah. it with Wheelie Yuta. So Utes did it. You see it with Garcia right now. You've seen it with uh, Max. You saw it with Wardlow. You've seen it with Darby. You know, you've seen it with Sammy and Britt, and and now you're seeing it with the Hobbs acclaim. And Starks too, yeah. Hobbs and Starks, but I mm-hmm. I think the acclaim probably has had the most fanfare and most mm-hmm. organic rise because people just want to be involved, man. That's it. Yeah, they just they want to say the thing, they want to do the hand gesture, they want to react to the raps, like they just they just want to be part of it, and I think that's why. They, they they rock with them because it's fun. Right. And you have yeah. like you have Billy Gunn wearing a Yellowstone trucker hat backwards, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like being like, hey, hip young fellows, it's Jack yeah, Dad yeah. here. Definitely and, that. You know, and then and, and you have like Caster who's the smart ass and you have Bowens who's a little bit more serious but can act funny as well. 
and it, it it just all it just well together. And the fact that you just want to put your fingers and somebody else's fingers and go like this, and everybody there was tons of people, strangers, strangers walking around just scissoring each other all night, <laughs> yeah. just going like this, just going like this. <laughs> And, that and, is a wild statement. Like, if you had told me that a year uh, ago, no, two years mm-hmm. ago, I would go, what are you even talking about? But the mm-hmm. fact that that got as over as it did. And the funny thing is, Max Caster was legitimately asked to stop doing that doing originally because they were like, because it was loot. <laughs> uh, it was because it was really just, um, you know. Anthony Bowens would come out and he'd go, the acclaimed have arrived, and Max yeah. Caster would just like come up under him and mm-hmm. it's and they scissor. Do, and they'd be yeah, like, they would make an A and nobody yeah. would know, like, oh, it was just a, it's a thing. But then once they started yelling, scissor me, <laughs> and, I, I, and I think you have to also give credit and his props to Danhausen because, yeah, you know, sure. Danhausen gave the, they didn't need the rub, but Danhausen gave them like a really cool rub. I think maybe accidentally, just because, you know, Danhausen's so good with the improv that yeah. it's just, you know, one of those quick things. So it was like, Sizzle me, daddy ass. And it was just like, it was over after that. And it becomes like, this, it becomes this thing. I, w- I will say, though, that um, hearing Brian Alvarez talking about how the big payoff to this has to be the return of Bart Gunn as Uncle Ass. And oh, I- my God. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I, I want that. Man. You have you have to have Uncle Ass in there. I think like Definitely. that's the, I think Look, that's the is, one important piece. That's the missing mm-hmm. piece. It's mm-hmm. been my head cannon the entire time that those guys are brothers. Like no matter what, no matter where I've been, it it still remains head cannon. Like even throughout the uh, the two thousands, where um, Billy Gunn was so far removed from the smoking guns, but like Bart Gunn was still kind of on the roster. Like mm-hmm. the fact that I still have two guns on the roster, nah, this is. These two, it's yeah. still a thing, right? Smoking that, guns, baby. Those, those old smoking gun pictures are hilarious when you look at them because, like, at that time, Billy Gunn looks a lot like Hangman. Like, if you put them side by side, they look very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's weird. But, no, nah, man, very happy for the acclaim. Um, Bowen deserved this. Bowen was one of those guys that couldn't get signed for a minute. He had that really bad injury at one point, and... That guy can really work, man. Like, yep. I don't know if people realize it. That guy's really good. And so I was really happy for him, man. First openly gay champion in the company as well. Big accomplishment. I seen him wrestle as Anthony Vigilante in, in, mm. in a, I forget what show he was. I think he was, it, he was in like, um, like a scramble match. Necro Butcher was in it. The Revolting wow. Blob was in it. And, and yeah, it was, I always knew like, oh, this kid is, He's got something, man. Like he's he's dope. Like he stood out. I was like, so so. Congratulations to them, man. It was yeah. it was it was fun. It paid off. Like it was one of those itches. Um, I wish that they went to full gear and won it because I think you could have told a really good story and you could have got them even hotter. Mm-hmm. Where really? like I I don't, I, I don't feel there was a better atmosphere. Though. No, I think like, listen. I think in New York it was it was great, right? But I think like to prolong it just a little bit more, give us just <laughs> that. Like, are they gonna do it? Is it gonna happen? Like, are we finally gonna get? Like, are they gonna get over this hump? Like, I think in at that pay per view. Listen, man, doing it on on network television is sweet, but man, winning a championship on a pay per view, boy, <laughs> woo. Yeah. I agree. Man, like the cigarette afterwards. I agree. I just <laughs> thought it was. I thought it was great because 
at All Out, I was I was sitting next to everybody, and they was like, "This was this is a mistake. They should have won tonight." I was like, "Don't worry, they're gonna run this back in New York. They're gonna win. Yeah, this isn't over." So yeah, it was nice to see the payoff. Yeah, it was. Um, although I have to say, Philip Lindsay, talking about things that happened at Grand Slam, there's one thing that happened that you were really unhappy about. <laughs> <laughs> yo, are we gonna be honest Your about face. this Chris Jericho stuff? Or not? Because yo, I I, I like a, I some forgot. Of and, oh but he does not need that title win, man. Claudio deserved a better title reign, and I know I've seen people that are like, oh, well, he had a great title reign. Look, he had some good matches, but that's not a great title defense. Great title run. He right. had he he did not have a memorable run with that title, and I think. It's time for, to get serious about this shit, you guys. For, if you're going, to, if you're going to tell me that the reason you took that title off of Gresham is to do this big run with Claudio and make him the TV deal guy, no, nope. you you essentially failed two guys here. I feel like you did Gresham dirty because you did not Facts. give him a chance on television, Speak and I feel on. like you didn't give Claudio a chance to have a real run either. And I know Speak there's somebody sitting it. behind their screen going, "Oh well, it's going to lead to the Garcia stuff. Maybe Brian. Uh, I don't care. It still sucks. I hate it. That's not, my whole timeline yesterday was just people saying things that they think are going to happen. Oh, it's because of the TV deal. Chris Jericho's a big thing. Chris Jericho, blah blah blah. Chris Jericho's not going to be used to sell fucking Ring of Honor. You guys stop." Stop it. Fucking stop it. Leave me alone. And also, I don't care. People don't understand. For me, I've been watching Ring of Honor for 20 fucking years, since 2002. This isn't some... Most of the people, their first time seeing Ring of Honor was this year. It's the first time they've ever heard anything of Ring of Honor. I'm talking about the history of Ring of Honor. I don't give a fuck if Daniel Garcia is going to beat Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor championship. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't hold any weight because Chris Jericho has nothing attached to Ring of nah, Honor. It's just nah. fucking an accolade. I, I think Brian Daniels is going to be the one to beat him. I feel like Brian Daniels is going to be the one to beat him. It doesn't make any sense because Brian Danielson lost in the main event. They should have had Chris Jericho beat uh, Brian Danielson in the tournament, then Chris Jericho no. loses to Mox. No, 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 no. Then Chris no, Jericho no, loses to no, Mox, and then no, Brian Danielson no, no. wins here's, the fucking Ring of Honor World Championship. No, here's, here, here's where I think, like, some of us are, are missing the thing, right? It's it's for the, the soul of Daniel Garcia, where it's yeah. like Jericho wants to pull him into the dark side of being a sports entertainer, where Brian wants to bring him back to the pure side, right? So it's like you have the pure championship now. So do what you wish with it. What type of champion are you going to be? What defines you? That's what Danielson's saying indirectly. So, and you can see when Jericho won, Garcia had this look on his face like, I don't know about this. This doesn't like seem it. right. But Garcia the, was definitely me. I was like, yeah. I don't know about this. This but don't right, seem now, right. Wait, <laughs> but, 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 but to bring it back, let's just, just bring it back for a minute. Ring of Honor right now currently has no identity and they have no identity because they have no product. They have no ongoing story. They have no ongoing television. So right now, this is just you're just pulling from the ethos and just saying, okay, let's just do this, this, and this, just to add the eyes on the championship to let you know that this championship actually exists. And when we do figure it out, it's going to be consistent television somewhere. So them just giving, like taking it off Gresham, putting it on Claudio, then putting it on Jericho, and then they're going to put the the bigger payoff here is to how to get the belt to go to Brian Danielson without making yeah. Danielson beat Claudio 
where you like having the Blackpool Combat Club really just like implode that way, right? Which it probably wouldn't because Mox and and Daniels had a banger, but it's to how to get it to there where you want like the feud to really be something. And right now you have the best in the world versus the best in the world for the title at one time, which oh, was yeah. arguably the best title in the world. So and then what really the, pissed yeah, me off, what but, really pissed me off about it is he was uh, on. There was three former ROH champions, and he didn't even know who they were. He was like, "Who's this Dalton Castle?" Of course, because he I don't but, know but, but, who's but, Rush. Yeah, but, who's, but, this? who's this? It's like, but that's that's the point. Like, okay, no, yeah, no, no, let me say, let me, let me say like hold it. on, as a Ring of Honor fan, that does nothing. Right, but that's the point. That's the point. As a Ring of Honor fan, no, no, I'm not. Not I know what you guys are saying in wrestling terms. I don't give a fuck about that. This is about the history of a company that fucking I love that nobody. Watch though, but nobody watched outside of like watch us. Because I'll say this: they don't like, have a TV show to watch right now. <laughs> so, because <laughs> let me say this though: because I, where I will say that, um, like, if the plan is ultimately See, Brian Danielson, if the, if the plan is ultimately Brian Danielson, ultimately, like. I don't see a better path to a Brian Danielson championship win than the way we got here. And the reason I say that is because, look, at the end of the day, like Chris Jericho, from a personal standpoint, is the worst. not my guy. Not my guy, right? But I'll say this. From a – from Chris Jericho's career standpoint, like we have to recognize that the sports entertainer thing – is a character that he's playing. Like, at yeah. the end of the day, Chris Jericho is a professional wrestler. Chris Jericho is not only a professional wrestler, he's one of the best professional wrestlers, like, ever. ever. And so, yeah, I agree. um, from that perspective, like, it's, it's not to say that he doesn't represent what the Ring of Honor championship is. Chris Jericho, at any other point in his career, actually kind of does represent a lot of the Ring of Honor world championship, but the character he's playing right now doesn't. But I'd look at it this way. If Chris Jericho, like, I think, thinking about, Again, a battle for the soul of Ring of Honor, which is Brian Danielson represents the soul of Ring of Honor. That is, he's considered one of the greatest Ring of Honor world champions of all time. And if there was ever a Ring of Honor world champion to come back full circle and win that title, it's him, right? So yeah. thinking about any type of battle for the soul of Ring of Honor, it, Brian Danielson should be that guy. And going against somebody who's trying to rip the soul out of Ring of Honor, Chris Jericho's character, the one he plays right now, that's the best story to tell. Now then I think about the fact that how would you get that belt on Chris Jericho? Would beating Jonathan Gresham have been as effective no. as beating no. um, beating Claudio? Had to be Claudio. Claudio. Claudio was a far more effective. Claudio, that's what I'm saying. It, I don't. Think the, it worked for anything. that crowd. It absolutely it, worked it, for that it, crowd. It doesn't like they they built it for a week. Like this does nothing for the. But ring that's of what honor. Our, I mean, you guys are saying. Kind of. Like, you say it built for a week, and that's kind of true. But at the same time, yeah, like it was part of a storylines though. Right now, it's a listen. It's it's a niche fan base. It's a niche promotion. You know, it's not because Chris Jericho. And the reason, the reason, the reason I won't say. Reg. It's not a promotion right now. It's so goddamn niche, bro. That's what pisses Who's me gonna... off about it, Emilio. You don't right. I understand. Under... No, you can't continue to be niche. niche. You just bought it for a goddamn bag, so you gotta actually make <laughs> yeah. some money off this thing. Well, hey, look, but here's 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 what I kind of agree with Reg on. Um, if you're gonna sit on here and tell me that the Ring of Water title doesn't have an identity, it doesn't have an identity because you didn't allow. 
Gresham to do anything with that title. You he didn't did allow this. him to develop who his character was. You didn't allow him to develop what that title meant. You him. did this. You just completely over you just completely overread. The that man was give... champion for no, over no, three hundred me... days, B. Yeah, yeah, but let me finish. Oh, How no, many but matches let me finish, do you remember? What was he but... he's a great wrestler, but he's bland. He's... I'd rather he, drink pea soup than watch a Jonathan Gresham promo. Yo, Jesus, <laughs> but still, but here's here's my point with that. Like, if you don't if you don't develop Gresham, you can't then come back and go, okay, well, this title doesn't have an identity. We have to build that identity now, and that's fair. Right. But you essentially created your own problem, and so I feel like you didn't give. But Gresham I guess I. I guess I just don't see what where there's actually a problem here because at the end of the oh, day, well, I still think- well. Because at the end of the day, I still see that a story is being told to get us to the true heart and soul of what Ring of Honor was, and that's Brian Danielson. I don't see where there's like a problem. I guess it's Chris Jericho, but that's but I'm not but I'm not saying that the current story is a pro as a problem because the payoff to this can be good. I'm not saying two things can be it's true. Gonna, here. It's gonna be good. Two things can be true here, though. I'm saying that the way that we got here, I didn't like it, but ultimately they're going to a place that can be good. I don't like throwing Gresham to the wayside and throwing everything he worked for for a year and acting like that doesn't matter because what I'm doing with this matters more. I don't like that. That's it. And, That's and what I'm saying. said it very, very much more on. elegant than I did, Phil. And so, and to be and, and to be honest with you, if the end result is Brian as champion, there's no reason why you couldn't build up Gresham as this great technical wrestler. It wouldn't have been as effective. No, no, no. Let me no, no. It wouldn't have been as effective. Bro. Okay, no, no, okay, no, okay. No, 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 no. I'll let y'all cook. Okay. Wait, if you're going to... No, 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 Emilio. No, 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 no. If you're going to tell me Gresham coming into that company and the main guy vouching for that guy coming into that company was the American Dragon and both of them have been pushing for this match, there's no way you can tell me that's not interesting to get to that match and put Brian, put the title on Brian the same way. I know Brian people are going to go, Jericho is a bigger star. He is a bigger star. But again, why did you sign Gresham then? Gresham's gone, B. It, if, you didn't gone. Believe, if you didn't believe in Gresham, bro, and if you didn't want to give him a chance, why didn't you sign him? We're not Tony Khan. We don't have the answer. But that's what I'm saying. That is the part of it that bothers me. That's the thing. And I get it. I get he's he's great. No, he's great. Gresham is a great wrestler. I've seen the man cook. He is fantastic. But he that was Tony's decision. I'm not going to sit here and painstakingly analyze what could have been. Yeah, Ring of Honor's dead. That's it. No, it's not dead. It's different. It's different. So what did you want want it to be? So what did you want it to be? Did you want it to just live in a subcategory in Peacock? Is that no. what you wanted? No, you but want I wanted them to give I wanted them to give Gresham a chance because if if you look at what they've right. done with if if you look at what they've done with Mercedes Martinez for example, that's way different than what they've done with the Ring of Honor title. Right. I don't I, like I don't think. Seconds? Could you pause for two seconds? I I, I see something in the, in the chat. I, I want to know something. Where, where is this? Who, this this person, Chucky Chucky Duck Quack? This is why I didn't want a million because he's got WWE stink written all over him. Who is this idiot? Get him, get him. Cook this because, guy. Let, let me tell you something. WWE stink. Moron. Have you been listening to what we've been saying all day? Oh, yeah. Who's been be- who's referencing WWE? When has anybody licked the boot of WWE on here? What stink, idiot? This is what oh. I want to know. So come in the chat. 
please, and let's have a discourse, because I would love to know why you didn't want me on here with WWE. Nah, it, it don't matter if he no, didn't no, no. want you on him. I like, want you like, on you. Like, you're like, like what? And you're my guy, so I'm ready. But but idiot. Idiot. Well, what's the WWE stink? That's what I want to know. Time. We're nah, literally no. talking about fucking Ring of Honor sure and not. why Ring of Honor could be great and why Ring of Honor needs to be its own promotion and why Ring of Honor needs to it's have dead. a set of champions that makes sense. It's, it's not dead. Reginald, it's, it's not, not dead. dead. It's not dead. They just got to figure out an identity. Could it they, have been Jonathan Gresham? Yeah, it should have been Jonathan Gresham because it's the wrestler's wrestling promotion. But, if, yo, a bag. So now he's got to figure out who's going to yeah. do what. Like, you feel I, me? So it, 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 to me, it's like, yo, you've had – a slew of great champions, right? You might mm-hmm. not like Jericho, but you're going to get something really cool. And then it's going to go on, arguably, the greatest professional wrestler of our generation in 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 uh, in, in professional wrestling, and Brian Danielson. So you get that belt. Now, maybe, maybe you'll, you'll, that's the bigger setup. Maybe Gresham comes out and says, yo, you haven't beaten no, me for it. it. Why? I, why not? Well, if we're now they, now they pissed like them off. Let me tell you something, Phil. Let's be honest. <laughs> you and I know a good businessman. You throw enough cash at a situation, the situation I'm goes away. Yeah, I'm in. I, mean, I forgot it. What situation? I don't remember. <laughs> so even if Tony Khan says, hey, you know what? I'll fund the next two terminuses and I'll pay you this. <laughs> you come back. You Tony mean to tell Khan me he's not going to? It's hilarious. Um, you, don't think he, no. you don't think he would? You don't think Gresh no, would be like, oh, man, you know what? I'm with it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, I don't want this to be framed as I hate Jericho because like, yeah. I've liked a lot of the JAS stuff. I've mm-hmm. I think the JAS versus uh Blackpool Combat Club has been a great story. I think all of the stuff they've done with Gresham and not Gresham, sorry, Garcia is great. But again, I if 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 the big appeal to Gresham coming there for me right away was okay, we're finally going to get this American Dragon match. I'm disappointed. I'm but disappointed. you didn't get it because he got injured, Brian Daniels, and he had a concussion. Well, so that's not out. why we didn't get it. We didn't get it why because get they it? they also kind of just he was out though. Phil, did Phil, Gresham was, dirty though? Uh, yes, I but, Gresham. But I, uh, one thing I was going to say, God um, did because that was because <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that was the point I was making as far as Reg was saying was that you know the match was just kind of thrown together, kinda because at the end of the day it was still. Everything that's happening right now is still a part of the bigger, yeah, no, which is still going to continue. Blackpool yeah. Combat Club versus Jericho Appreciation Society, it's which has been going since April, while. right? So, yeah. like, it, this is a story that's been going on a long time, and, and it's this leading just... to Lee and Daniel Garcia, and that's awesome. So, yeah, so yeah. like, th- there's there's places yeah. that this is all still yeah, going. But, like, I I I still think that as far as the storytelling is concerned, as far as generating the most interest, I don't think that they have a better path to Brian than this. I don't think, look, I love Jonathan Gresham, but I still think that as far as interest is concerned, you would never have generated as much interest in it going any other path than this. Absolutely. I don't see any other way you could have generated the interest. I mean, you didn't, you didn't even try though. (laughs) You didn't even try. Phil, Phil, who would care though, Phil? They, he, listen, they could have. What about for a hardcore like me who doesn't care anymore? 
What is oh, that? You're just, Nobody ever cares you, about you, me. You'll care. You'll care by the time the match comes. Collateral damage. Ring of Honor original and Righteous Ridge. They don't give a fuck about me. But Reg is that old school dude that just sits at the bar, chain smoking cigarettes, talking about the good old days and the yesteryear of his pro wrestling. He was like, "Give me what happened in the rec center and give me more. Give me more Ashima. Give me Guinness coming out with an iron. No, I'm totally give me Vulture." Give me I'm Vulture super, Squad. I'm super passionate about Ring of Honor. I know it's going to yeah. be fine, but it's just, it's, it's just uh, it, it's look, it, but but I think if it's a because if it ultimately ends up being a brand that Brian Danielson's carrying on his shoulders, are you kidding me? That how sounds like the greatest yeah, thing of all time. Look, and I mean, we 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 talked about this in the group chat. I think I think Brian winning that title means more than him winning the AEW title at this point. Him holding that yeah. title again is a yeah. big deal. Um, I just would have preferred if we... My God, if they pay just for one time final countdown, by the uh, way. Because I, I believe what they said was that the reason they didn't go for it was because um, it was really expensive and they only got like 10 plays out of it, uh, out of what the rights were going to end up being. Damn. They got, yeah. they what is what... Listen, they paid for Symphony for the Devil. They could pay yeah. for right. I was going to say, I was going to say one play or maybe two plays since you got to have beginning and end of the match. Two plays of final countdown though. Yeah. I would. Right. <laughs> Phil, Phil, when we, when me and you were on the phone, were you telling me, cause I don't remember if it was you, but were you saying that you wanted Brian to be AEW world champion? Was, was, was that you mean you were having a conversation about? Yeah. Because I did. This I did. Is, wait, now this is why, this is why it makes sense where his first singles championship post wwe should be the ring of honor world championship because like like will said it means more to him and it adds an even bigger onus on the company going into whatever they're going to do so i think that's the 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 bigger payoff right there so like are we going to talk about the world championship match like or no, we we are. Okay. I, I want to read a couple Wait. of uh, a, yeah. of these chats real quick um, because going back to the last match, Ralph Marion said, "What's good, y'all? I was talking about it with my friend last night. Uh, you are going to see little kids wearing oh scissor me daddy shirts in public, and parents <laughs> are going to have to be like, it's right. a wrestling thing. Love yes. it. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, I, I bought the shirt. And my again. wife, <laughs> my wife hates it so much. She hates the shirt because she's like." This is something that she's like, you can't explain this to, like, my parents. Um, no. There's just no way. You're just going to walk in with a shirt that says, scissor me daddy ass. And yeah, what does absolutely. it even <laughs> And absolutely. I'll be like, oh, it's a wrestling thing. And then they'll be like, what are you watching? Um, so, let's see. Chi-Town Spurs said, that's the point. We're going on the um, Ring of Honor stuff we're talking about. Um, they is... Uh, there it goes. See, TK see, saved ROH from being a subtitle on How did he save them if they don't have no, a fucking he, he, TV? He definitely, he definitely saved it. All right. Uh, you, wait Reg, a minute, it Reg. Was, Reg gonna, you, WWE would have bought it and just made it of honor of the rights. dead, Emilio. <laughs> no, he, he, come on. Come on, Greg. Come on. No, I, 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 I do think they are getting – I feel pretty confident that they are going to end up with a TV deal just because of the fact that right now when you're looking at what Warner Brothers Discovery is trying to, to do and get more licensed content, they will absolutely pay just to right, have will. more that's licensed the most, wrestling on the that's network. The most, I think that's the most important thing. You, you want to know why like networks love baseball? Because baseball self is a self-contained thing that produces itself. Mm-hmm. And out of 180-some-odd games – when when television networks like let's say Yes Network or you know whatever your local affiliate is, they don't got to worry about filling that programming spot, right? 
So Warner Discovery now is buying the rights to this thing so that way they don't have to pay and develop and put all this television money into something, right? Like if you notice all those Right. Yeah. If you notice like all those TNT and TBS originals, like, yo, they gone. Like Animal Kingdom's the only one that they're pumping cash into. Yeah. Outside of like Aquaman being played a thousand and one times <laughs> on TNT, like they need more stuff to fill original content. So why not buy the thing? So the ROH is going to get a television deal, and then you're going to see Reg on Twitter. He's going to be like, I love this. This is amazing. This is nice. <laughs> of course. I'm so, ex- I'm so excited to be here, guys. I can't wait to talk about Whatever. This. I don't know. I love Ring of Yo, Honor. But, Reg, you can't say that because you, you interviewed Punk telling you to your face in tears that he saved ROH. No, <laughs> no, you all can't do that. Guys. Yeah, all right, whatever. Okay, yeah. Reductive ninety two says the girls are fighting. Sure, why Shut not? Up. Why are you calling uh, the girls? What's that about? Because we all have long hair. Is that is because we all have long hair? No, not man. all of us. Uh, it's like an inch now. <laughs> um, so Shy Town Spurs says Reg versus Emilio for the soul of ROH. Book it, Tony. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go, baby. Book it, Dano. Adam Russo says the long and short of it is Gresham deserved better. Sure, he did. He did. I can agree with that. Gresham, What's happening right now isn't good. isn't awful, but Gresh didn't deserve what happened with him. Um, that's, and that's, that's all it, I was saying. All. I think that's more it. than that. I think honestly, I just think Gresh. More than anything, I just would have kept him in the loop because it just sounds yeah. like he was uh, – and I don't know how much he was informed about you know, what the plans for the ROH title were because obviously he was taking a lot of bookings based around being the ROH world champion. You know, He right. does this indie here, this indie here, and it's like you're not just booking me. You're booking the ROH world champion. And uh, all of a sudden now he lost a lot of his appeal with right. uh, without having that belt. I think – if there was a plan for that, I think he just should have been kept in the loop because I think more than anything, right. he just disagreed when he showed up to the event of what the plan was. And uh, yeah, and I mean, you you guys are not going to convince me that this was the plan way back when they took the, the no. belt off Gresham. I don't believe that. I no, think, I think Brian was. I, 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 I hold on. No, I do think that Brian was always the plan, and I think that yeah. was clear. I, I think so that was you clear. think this Jericho thing was the plan. Back I don't then? know if Jericho was the plan, but I know that no. getting it to Brian was the plan. Was and, you know, that's plan, how wrestling. Yeah. That's how Brian. That's how booking works all the time, where you have an end goal, and sometimes you change up your path on the end goal, but at the end of the day, you stick with the same end goal. I think that was clear based on the fact that when Tony made the announcement of buying Ring of Honor, who was the first person he brought out? Uh, no, and I'm not dynamite. disputing I, the end goal. I'm just saying this stuff in between. You're not going to convince me that this stuff. But, so, was but that, like I said, if that. you're, but that's booking, right? When you have an end goal, but and the, sometimes <laughs> you start. What I'm saying is that sometimes your path to get there changes, and you start to come up with ideas of like, well, maybe it's a better way to do it to get here. As long as the end goal is still the same, and I think at the end of the day, right. the end goal was always Brian. But right. no, and I, I'm they, agreeing with. I think you. he just, just saw that there was more heat in putting it on Jericho. But also the situation, too, is very messy, post, mm-hmm. you know, post-final battle. You know, yeah. it was real – or no, death before dishonor. I'm sorry. Uh, it was real messy, and you're like, ah, oh, damn. Like, you know, arguably they, they did give a guy who was the heart and soul of Ring of Honor right as it was closing and what he did yeah. for pure wrestling, what he did for that. Like, one of my favorite matches that i seen that I actually got to see them actually put it together in the back when they were in um, Impact was Macklin and – 
and and Gresham, and Gresham because it was it was super technical and really good and and it had like holds and breaks and why and you know I'm watching it and then afterwards like Gresham came over and was like oh, I saw you studying it and well here's why such and such worked and I was like yeah man this makes so much sense like he 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 is like pound for pound one of the greats out there now you're not getting better than him but I just think it was just an unfortunate series of circumstances like you said I think it was the lack of communication that was probably the most upsetting. And I think then it, it, it led to what, what happened. And then like, you have to plug the variable in. okay, Brian's out. Maybe it would have been Brian and Gresh right. at, at, you know, death before dishonor. And it could have been the whole thing. And I think everybody would have been fine with it, you know, but like the way it led to this and now it's like, well, all right, we still have Danielson here, but now how do we get him here to make sense? Well, Daniel Garcia, that's the hook. Chris Jericho, the the anti Ring of Honor guy, the the sports entertainer, the El Jefe of of this 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 type of like you know uh, bombastic personalities. Like he's this. He's he's all about TV and he's the demo god. Whatever the case may be. So now you have these two guys going at it, and and then the belt will go on him, and Reg will be happy, and he'll be hard drinking and watching whatever Ring of Honor television we're gonna get. So leave me Ad, alone, Amelia. Adam Russo says, imagine <laughs> if Brian holds both world titles. And by the way, for the everybody who had um, older super chats, we'll get to those at the end because the other thing we're gonna talk about from this show is, of course, they did actually two things to talk about uh, yeah. because uh, Soraya is in AEW. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huge pop. Huge big rocking. Oh that God. crowd was giant. I was out there for that, brother. When I tell you that place that place was deafening. It was it was insane. It was yeah. rocking. <laughs> I uh, when her name came up on the screen, like you could tell there was this little feeling. I guess some fans were saying that they knew the song from um from her uh her boyfriend in his band. Oh, okay. Sure. Um, some said they already knew it, and once they heard it, they were like, oh, we know who this is. But I'd say for the most part, most fans didn't know until all of a sudden they see uh, Soraya come up on the screen, and when she made her way out, uh, just that feeling of, like... I talked about this on Day After Dynamite a little bit, but um, I was really grasping the magnitude after Day After Dynamite of who Soraya is and why having her around is such a big deal. Like, Fighting With My Family was a successful movie. It was a critical success yep. in that that thing had sits on a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. It made its budget back and then some by a lot. Um, now, it didn't do, like, huge box office numbers, but that was a successful movie. I know people who've said that, you know, just sitting around looking for something to watch, they've watched it, right? Like, Florence Pugh is, yep. is huge. She is... Uh, people have told me that, too. You know, she is a Marvel star at this point, right? Like she is a big deal as well. And so there's a lot of things surrounding her. And, you know, this is obviously just when you talk about star power, this is probably the most prolific woman AEW's ever brought in, right? She's got 2.3 million followers on Twitter. Nobody in AEW comes even close um, as far as uh, the female roster is concerned. And so like she comes in with, with a lot and, uh, She's a polarizing figure for sure. Yeah, I I just thought it was uh, a phenomenal moment and something that her career needed. 
And that's one of those moments you could feel. You could feel the energy through the TV. You could feel like her living in the moment. Probably not. I mean, I don't want to say not expecting it, but probably not expecting it like that. And just to her come out and soak it all in in the middle of the ring, saying, "This is my house." Great moment for her, man. I'm super excited. I'm super happy for her. Although I'm seeing arguments now. But is she? But is she cleared to wrestle though? That's the question. And so, of course, the the first thing everybody spotted, and and Meltzer talked about this, was that um, everybody cleared the ring immediately, which you know is usually a sign that people. That the, usually that's a sign of somebody being on a no contact list. Um, and so, uh, that was what Meltzer's speculation was. And that got picked up. And all of a sudden, there were stories everywhere that were saying, report, she's not cleared to wrestle. But then when you clicked on the report, it was just like Meltzer saying, well, I don't think she is because I, you know, you saw there was no contact. Um, mm-hmm. and then she re, or she tweeted yesterday, don't believe the dirt sheets. And then Tony Khan retweeted that. I don't know what this means. All of a sudden, what are you talking about? Uh, here? I saw what well, you mean. can go. There, there's an episode of of the sessions with Renee that we had Soraya on, and she look, goes look into at this plug. It's seamless, right? It was just easy. Seamless. It was super easy. Boom, seamless. right in there, baby. Professional. Uh, so if you want, mm-hmm. after you're done watching this, head over to Renee's YouTube channel and watch the episode with her and Soraya. Um, but she she speaks about it a bit. She doesn't really go into what, but she said that she feels good. And she is nervous about taking a bump, but she is capable of taking bumps. So now, what, what, again, what does that mean? Because well, exactly, uh, I, I, I retweeted exactly. yesterday um, the original article from the day Sting signed with WWE that or with AEW that said Sting is in AEW, but don't expect him to get too physical, right? And then uh, I, I always, <laughs> yeah, I laugh about that. <laughs> I laugh about that and because. You know, I remember that first powerbomb he took, and everybody was like, ooh. Like, you know, there was this feeling of on everybody's face of, like, did Sting just take a powerbomb with his neck the way it is? And now, mm-hmm. uh, two years later, this man is Dude, jumping last off his night, stages. He got pushed <laughs> off of the turnbuckle into the tables. Oh, my God. No, the, the best one was that dive that he did off the entranceway. Yeah, right. he just comes out of nowhere, yeah. you know. So yeah, no, Sting is just doing all the dives and shit. So like, I had this wonder about that. Of like, of course, you know, Soraya talks about that first bump is the thing she's afraid of. But man, I don't know what happens after that first one is taken because, like I said, Sting in his sixties with a broken neck is just out there. Now, granted, I know they're not the same injury. You don't have to tell me that. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just saying that we've seen crazier, right? Like Edge is I mean, wrestling Edge today, is wrestling. and Brian is yeah. wrestling. I mean, Brian. Brian's wrestling. Like I don't know. So I'm not. Wrestling has taught me over my last thirty something years of fandom. I, I can't say never to literally anything until somebody's in the ground because right. it's pro yeah. wrestling. Right, but I also think we're also (laughs) socially conditioned to believe that if WWE puts somebody on the sidelines and says that you're not medically clear to do anything, a lot of people take that as gospel when necessarily that isn't the case, man. It's a liability for WWE to put somebody in the ring so they're going to have their medical staff say no, the individual's medical staff can say yes, and then you have a third party, which is 
in again, case in point, Brian Danielson. WWE mm-hmm. didn't want to clear him, but three different medical doctors from three different areas said, no, he is good to go. So when he is ready, he be, will be able to do it. And then WWE finally said, all right, we're going to do it, but we're not down to. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I don't know this woman. We don't know this woman. Everybody in this chat room don't know this woman. So nope. we don't know what's what's going on. But what? Did you just kick Emilio? All right. <laughs> All right, there we go. What's going on Yeah, here? there we go. We're uh, good. But, but we don't know. So, like you said, never expect anything in professional wrestling. And, hey, man, maybe she'll do something crazy or maybe she'll actually just take it slow in the beginning and then we'll, we'll get a payoff. Uh, who right. knows? I think that I think the women's division needed it. It's a shot in the arm. And she is somebody that if you weren't going to go out and get Naomi and Sasha, well, then you needed a, a crown jewel. Uh, of yeah. sorts and i think soraya could be that because you need another big player in there you know um and now the possibilities are endless we can get soraya versus jade we can get soraya versus athena we can get soraya versus tony we can get soraya versus brit you know my thing is when are they gonna stop pulling this like teasing us about this jamie hater Britt baker turn and when is it actually gonna happen and when are we gonna get that match I th- I think that that's it, and I I feel like there's still time on that. And the reason I feel like there's still time is just because I want Brit to like like if Jamie turned after what happened at uh, All Out, I would have felt like eh, Brit's done worse than that. And I want to see mm-hmm. like Brit really do something to Jamie where Jamie's finally like, no, you crossed the line this time. Like that was a match where it was right. every woman for him, for themselves. And it's like, yeah, it's the rule of the match. Yeah. That's the rule right. of the match. But like, I feel like Jamie really needs to like be put in harm's way by Brit or something along those lines for Jamie to finally be like, okay, now this bitch crossed the line. Now I'm going to fuck her up for real. Um, but like in this situation, I feel like it's kind of justified. I think it's ultimately going to come. Like it, it was the same thing with Wardlow and MJF, where we had that going on for a while. Where yeah, there were multiple times where MJF kind of was a habitual line stepper with uh, Wardlow, <laughs> and then finally Wardlow just wasn't going to take it anymore and finally snapped. And I think you can get that kind of story out of this if you prolong it, especially considering the fans have already shown they want to see Jamie finally just shove it up Brit's ass I feel like you can do that just give it That's, time that was some wild right. wording my friend that uh, was yeah. okay yeah <laughs> that was definitely some wild wording I meant her foot but <laughs> yeah so um nah, hey, hey, uh but I guess the only final thing to talk about from this is Mox is the champ yeah, Johnny three times, baby. To the surprise of everyone on this podcast, I think we were all kind of thinking that Brian. That Emilio, Emilio said that. I mean, wait, 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 wait. I don't trust Emilio on this because I feel like even if you didn't tell me, <laughs> no, no. And what I mean by that is, even if you told me you didn't have the inside track, um, I don't buy that you wouldn't even have at least gotten a little bit of a, uh. Of a little nudge in the right direction of like, oh, Renee's here. She's here in the building. So therefore, why would <laughs> yeah, he, she be he, here? He to definitely see made you? the call like, hey, y'all going on vacation soon? Oh, y'all not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know what's going on here. I feel like Emilio has been around enough to know what hints to pick up on <laughs> when, when something's about to happen. And so mm-hmm. like, for me, I just wanted to see 
Brian get that moment. I recognize that ultimately MJF is who's going to walk away champion here when this is all said and done. And at the end of the day, it's, it's more effective for MJF to beat Moxley at this juncture, especially given his history with Mox, than it is for MJF to beat Brian Danielson, who'd be getting his first AEW championship run and it'd be getting cut really short. So like, way to put it. Yeah. I I get that that part of it. Just as a Brian fan, I'm like, yeah. I just wanted to see Brian get it. That's all. That was it for me. I just wanted to see it. Uh, but yeah, I wanted Brian to win, but this makes perfect sense because MJF has been cutting all of his promos of Mox since he came back. Um, it makes perfect sense for them to be the matchup at Full Gear or wherever he cashes yeah. in the chip. Um, right. By the way, I had a blast teasing people with the fact he might cash in the ship. And once MJF started doing it too, it made it even funnier. Um, mm-hmm. When he when he said on during the aerial interview, which was fantastic, by the way, um, and he was like, oh, maybe I will, maybe I won't. And then he looked down at the mm-hmm. money in the bank briefcase. I was like, yo, this guy's good. If If we've learned anything over the last two or three weeks, it's that MJF is really good at what he does, man. Hasn't wrestled a single match yet, and he's still one of the most entertaining aspects of the company. I know, and even the matches he's wrestled this year, like, that man is still, like, two and four this year in matches. Mm -hmm. Like, his only two matches he's won has been the match against CM Punk in Chicago and the match, uh, the ladder match that he didn't even really win. And other than that, he lost to Sean Dean twice and lost... Yeah, lost to Sean Dean twice, lost to CM Punk, and lost to Wardlow in a squash. And yet, the guy well, everybody's over. anticipating to win well, the title. I, I think it, I, well, I think that's a testament to who Max is as a performer, and I think it's yeah, a testament definitely. to who, and I think it's a testament to who he actually worked to, because anybody that he worked had a big feel to him. Like, listen, granted, arguably, again, CM Punk, one of the biggest, but, you know, it does things for a guy like Sean Dean who you know needed that and it's like wow oh my god okay he is right now like one of the biggest if not the biggest heel within this company and he still he'll always play ball because it makes sense and I think that's the most important thing it has to make sense when you tell a story and you know like Max has they have told a very good story with everything that Max has done um I think Moxley is the heartbeat of that company through and through from the first show to up until grand slam you you always need a guy like him he is in in my opinion the proper representation of what a locker room leader needs to be now let's remove let's remove the the tribalism for me and that family and who my boss is let's remove that but you watch what the guy does he is very blue collar um, he yeah. is the type of guy that will do what he needs to do for the betterment of the company. So he'll put his needs aside first, like going on vacation and taking some time off to become world heavyweight champion to, to and help do a quote unquote soft reboot of what they have to do with their title picture and overall their television show. Because, yo, let you guys have been talking about it. It was was crazy in them streets for a little while. And the the, mm. the onus and the emphasis of how good their wrestling has been was overshadowed by what happened at a press conference. So to bring it all back to this is like, you have to put it on somebody that doesn't believe in that bullshit and just wants to go out there and perform 
and leave it in the ring and tell it in the ring and make it about the ring. And that is what John Moxley does. So that is why this man is a three-time AEW World Heavyweight Champion and needs to be the heart and soul of that company for right now. And it's the payoff is sweeter for him and Max because you can do so much just talking, not even having them physically do anything. Like you can just have them speak and it'll, it's, it's going to be a great lead in. And then I think come the pay-per-view in November, I think he will be AEW world champion and we'll finally say, yo, Mox finally got a world heavyweight title run that he deserved because he didn't have one in WWE. He didn't have the best one. His first one, his first AEW run was, was, uh, was during pandemic. the pandemic. So fans didn't really get to experience this man the way that they're experiencing him now. And then there was that interim crossover where Punk was hurt. We're going to plug Mox in, and then he's going to go in, and then they'll they'll 50-50 book it. And then at the end, Punk walks out of Chicago World Champ, and then we could set up Punk and Mox. Little did they know everything that transpired was the thing. Now let's give Mox that run. Let him finally cement it. Let him go from now until November. Walk in, World Champion. Put over Max, give Max that final oomph as now he is the the next heir apparent for the world championship. And then it's off to the races with whoever they, they want to do next. And then that is my question. Where does it go from there? Who is uh, the next guy? I well, first of all, I think I think Mox was the right choice. And I, I think at this point, like this cements Mox as the best AEW world champion. Like I don't Absolutely. I don't think he's close at this point. Yeah. I think he's the best. Mm-hmm. Um I I, I think that it makes perfect sense as an extension from what they lost in the punk MJF feud. And now you can you can bring that same energy to that feud of MJF being anti-XWWE guys. And if I'm sitting here saying that I think Mox is the best AEW champion, yeah, MJF would feel a way about that because it shouldn't be him. It should be me. And so that makes perfect sense. That's the story. Um, as far as... I've been saying since probably February, MJF is going to be champion by the end of the year. And I mm-hmm. think if you're smart, you let him hold that title for a year, get all the way to the end before January, before he's talking about becoming a free agent, and you let him walk out of the out of the company with the belt like his like his mentor, CM Punk, did, and it's going to be great. Or you possibly get all the way to the end of there and do a title match the day before, and that's the stakes. Uh, I guess one last thing, because I know Emilio's got to go here. And thank you, by the way. I wanted your opinion on the opening of SmackDown this week. Because... (laughs) That's how you sports entertain. (laughs) There's Um, a WWE stench coming out now. There's my my WWE stench, you idiot. Oh, no. (laughs) All right? We're talking about Ring of Honor and Jesus. AEW all day, and this kumquat wants to ha- has the ball. Kumquat, my AE, my WWE stink. Shut your face. <laughs> but but that opening segment, I had such a blast with that. Um, you know what's funny to me? It's a, I, I'm curious how, how you guys feel. I have felt like. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I love the guy so much. But the most tired part of that act really is Paul Heyman. Like, I thought that the <laughs> Usos were 
great. I thought Roman was solid here. I yeah. thought Solo was great. And then Sami Zayn killed it. Like, honestly, the part I didn't need was Heyman doing what he's been doing for 20 years. Like, yeah, but you, uh, you need, you need Heyman to allow, um, for all of that to go on because I think you have Roman standing there like the demigod that he is. He doesn't need to say much, right? Yeah. Right. So you have, you have Heyman doing all the acclaim. Let him be the noble statesman, the wise one, the part of this like, holy magi right and and then he'll he'll sit there and he'll he'll beam and he'll puff up his chest but the greatest part of it if you're watching the whole thing right it's jay uso yes and and it, when roman starts to say the shirt and this and sammy's doing the whole larry <laughs> take the shirt off neurotic thing <laughs> like and and the build for that and how it's been playing up how he's always been calling himself the self-proclaimed honorary oos you know now it, it, it's finally here he, he, he manifested this this is what he he wanted and jay is the best because jay screaming take the shirt off take the shirt <laughs> off you know and and he's really like hating hating Sami Zayn. and you can tell that and i don't know if it's um art imitating life or, you know, uh, Jay's personality. But anytime I got to kick it with Jay, he was always just this cool, laid-back guy. So to see him do this and really go above and beyond, like this paranoid, kind of like, wait a minute, is this guy coming from my spot? He's not blood. He's not Samoan. Who is he? He's not hip. He's not cool. He's just this uncomfortable white man that's just staying here and whatever. <laughs> so to see Jay really get in there and say, take that shirt off. Take that. Like he's really hyping like the fact that Roman was probably just going to cast him out. But then Roman hits him with the honorary Ooze shirt, and you thought Sammy just got presented a Rolex or something. Like you <laughs> thought that he just got you. You listen. The best way to describe it for all for all us hip hop cats in here, you would have thought that it was Kanye West getting his rock chain. <laughs> that's what Sammy Zayn got when he got sure, the T-shirt. Yeah. So that mm. was the moment right there. That was the moment right there. And and to me. The, the whole thing played out and I got to run, but I'm going to say this, and this is the most important thing with it. Um, I, I feel, and, and a lot of people might not agree with this, but everybody's thinking, Oh, it's going to lead to Sammy babyface pop with Kevin Owens as tag team champions, dethroning the Usos who will break the new day record as the longest reigning tag team chance. Cause it seems like that's where they're going with it. But to me, I think we get, Jay Uso going because Sammy's going to do some act of bravery where he's going to put himself in the line of fire and take the bullet for the tribal chief and Roman's going to be over to the moon of Sammy's loyalty and he's going to look at Jay like but where were you and Jay where and were your gonna, antennas exactly <laughs> so I feel Jay's going to go and Jay's going to become this big big solo star because we had a glimpse of that and I really think they can revisit that now. And we can have a solo run from Jay. Now, I don't see anybody but either The Rock or Cody, if Roman would do double duty for both main events, come WrestleMania for the championship. But, man, you give me some Uso versus Cousin in a legit thing, and then you, you kind of start to tease his brother leaving to go side with him. Man, it that is... That is interesting storytelling because it was I was nervous for a little while with this whole bloodline thing because it was getting a little it was getting tired. It was getting and I was like, what what are they doing with this? Because they booked themselves in a corner with Roman Reigns as as champ champ. But it's turned around. And then they add in Solo, 
who's been an incredible heater for Sami Zayn. Like even yesterday when it was um, Ricochet and Madcap and they were talking to Sami and they were saying he was funny style and then Solo ran up on them and attacked him and Sami goes, oh, I was going to do that. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah, so brilliant. everything, yeah, you know, everything Sammy has done has been incredible. So like, I just want to see them do it with that, and I don't need to see Sammy take a bump. I don't need to see Sammy wrestle. What Sammy is doing right now makes him an important figure in the the ethos of what SmackDown is doing right now, and that was great storytelling, and that was that's an incredible segment. That was how you start a segment. It was incredible. Yeah, it was fun. Love it. Is that my? Is that enough WWE loyalty <laughs> and stink for you, <laughs> Shucky Ducky Quack Quack? Was that enough? Quack Quack. <laughs> yeah. Emilio, uh, thank you for being here with us. Seriously, Emilio. this is great hanging out with you for two hours. <laughs> Listen, I absolutely adore you guys. I think what you guys do for the culture, what you guys do as a podcast, what you do as as writers. Reg, as a rapper, what you do, I, I am all in on you guys, and I support y'all, and I love y'all. I consider you guys friends. Please continue to do what you do because you are a vital cog within this world, and you have a very, very powerful and prominent and important voice. So please, gentlemen, continue doing what you're doing, and I wish you nothing but greatness. Honestly, thank you for allowing me to come on. I, I had a blast. And I don't Thanks. do a lot of really? things. I don't come on and do no, a lot you of things. You definitely don't no. do no two-hour podcast. You're usually no. behind the scenes on it. Yeah. This is two-hour yeah, podcast for me. Like, yo, 44 minutes in and out, bro. No, no, no. He's he not doing two-hour <laughs> Thank you, Emilio, so much. Uh, any any, any plugs you want to make for the world? Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I should I should have broke 10,000 on Instagram already, and my Instagram is aesthetically appealing, so you can go follow me. It's the same hashtag. <laughs> Up there mm-hmm. is at Emilio Sparks, E-M-I-L-I-O-S-P-A-R-K-S. Big shout-outs to the Mighty Vin. That's my tag team partner. We uh, we have a, t- uh, a podcast called Wrestle Rap. So if you want to hear what we do, but a real condensed version of this show, um, <laughs> 45 minutes in and out. Um, go It's W-R-A-S-S-L-E-R-A-P. Um, you can hear my work with Renee Paquette on the sessions. So wherever, however you stream and listen to that, hit up her YouTube channel. We want a million subscribers. We just cracked 150,000. So get us to that one, Millie, and we'll love you for that because Emilio wants a gold plaque. He has the silver one. Now he wants the gold. Check it, Check um, out the Jim Jones episode. A great episode. You want to talk about, like, yeah. he's explaining what top cheeses to that Canadian treasure. Um, so big <laughs> shout-out to, to Renee. I love her. I appreciate her. Big shout out. So you want to catch some old episodes of Talk and Shop with Gals Anderson and Rocky Romero. You can do that as well. And listen to Juan Epp with Peter Rosenberg and Cypher Sounds. I think that's all that I have. Um, and also, if you have some extra monies, go and donate to a charity of your choice because that's just the right thing to do as well. I'm out. I love y'all. Stay great, y'all. Thank you, Appreciate Emilio. You. That's what's up. That's fun. Appreciate it. We oh, still got okay. more show to go. We got more show to go. We're gonna keep going. Man, I would baby. just say, I would just say on the Sammy thing. I think it's safe to say at this point, this is the best thing he's done on the main roster by far. Definitely, um, by it, super by far. Yeah, I I wasn't sure, but man, has it really come together for him? It's it's really really great stuff. It's crazy. Uh, Just like y'all were saying, the bloodline stuff was kind of it was tired. Yeah, no, it? honestly, like, I, that, like, oh, I don't know anymore. But damn, they changed. That's why I was up. saying that I, I really did feel like the, uh, the the Paul Heyman stuff was really the stuff I didn't need. Like I get why it, it sets the tone for the promo, but just for me. Right. 
um, it's the same as it's always been. But like, I feel like Roman feels fresher these days. I feel like the Usos, um, I don't know. They just, their confidence is kicked into a high gear. The interaction between, you know, the, the little bit of, uh, hitting the, they, the twos and we, the, and then Roman cutting them off and asking for the mic. Phenomenal shit. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I just thought everything worked here. The way Roman had us on the edge of our seats too, of stopping Sammy telling him, take that shirt off and, and Jay jumping in it and Sammy talking to, and that look on Sammy's face of like, Oh shit, it's over. And Roman really selling of you're never going to wear that shirt again. Cause I got you the new one. Baby. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> that, that was, was great. That was a great word. Uh, I, I thought great, the way that Roman swerve. did that was great. The, the one thing I will disagree with you on the, on the Heyman stuff is I don't feel like the solo stuff would have had the same weight. Because I feel like the way that um, Heyman put him over in that moment and say, said why he came in, I mm-hmm. thought that was great. I thought that that served its purpose. Um, but other than that, he kind of fell back and let the rest of them um, do all the heavy lifting in the segment. Um, I guess that that's what I want to see more of now. Like, I just yeah. – I've, I've gotten about 10 years of Paul Heyman standing beside his client and just mm-hmm. – um, throwing a whole bunch of uh, exposition at me. And it is just kind of nice that, like, seeing lately things go a little bit different and find a new direction. It's it's great. Um, and one of the best aspects of this segment really was uh, Sammy, uh, when Roman's like, got anything to say and he's like i acknowledge you and then he went in for the hug and at first the look on roman's face is why is this guy hugging me and he's like yeah okay and gave and then gave into it great shit everybody i thought played their role here well um this yeah. is a great way to as amelia was saying it, it was the bloodline was starting to feel a little stale this is a great way to refresh it um i think you know it's kind of hard right that uh i think Emilio's right, but I also think that uh, both things kind of have to happen. You know, talking mm-hmm. about the Sami Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens winning the titles ultimately, I think is the way you pay off the tag title stuff because ultimately you can't do the Jay Uso turn while the tag titles are still on him. Right. You have to get exactly. the tag titles off first before you then go with the Jay Uso stuff. So I think both things kind of have to happen, and I think they'll happen in succession. Uh, and it'll be great shit. I'm, I'm yeah. very intrigued here. The only thing I'm worried about, and I know the answer is Logan Paul for now, but what do you do with Roman in the meantime? Uh, well, what do you do with uh, Roman before WrestleMania? What do you do? Right, like at well, the Rumble I, and stuff. I I felt a little stupid while it was happening because I was like, oh no, is this when they're gonna kick Sammy out? And I was like, well, they can't kick Sammy out now because they're building the survivor series bloodline's gonna probably be in one of those war game matches which by the way we're getting the two war game matches the survivor series so mm-hmm. i think they're gonna have a five-man team so you need sammy you're not gonna kick him out yet um mm-hmm. but i i think this is definitely leading to jay um turning on roman and giving him the tyrese you gonna pick him over me your own flesh and blood <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's great. I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, let me read a couple of Humber uh, chats because we got one from Tony P. 
Tony says, I hate to be petty, but I hate the 3D models for the Usos entrance. The artists were so lazy and couldn't even have the model put up uh, the ones on opposite arms. Uh, you know, <laughs> they copied and pasted. Sorry, an artist rant, by the way. Starks and Hobbs was fire. Um yeah, yeah no, I fine, hate Tony. I think a lot on, of people on, have that that thing with the yeah, I, don't oh, like I think the that, graphics that, at all. That, I think the you know what though? Terrible. Actually, the the tree looks great. Mm. That I think is uh one of the best aspects of the entrance. And then when it cuts mm. to those assy looking PS2 graphic uh yeah. statues that are on the stage yeah. that uh can't even like stay with the camera that look like they're floating, awful. Like, honestly, get rid of that shit. Like, honestly, they started late in the entrance this week, and I thought for a minute, like, oh, did Hunter get rid of those awful-looking graphics? And the fact that my son, who is eight years old, thinks they look bad. um, It's bad. Yeah, it looks really bad. He thinks they look terrible. He comments on it every single time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, nah. He's like the the target audience for that. (laughs) <laughs> I know they're the worst AR graphics. Like so most of the, they're the reason I have a negative opinion of AR graphics in WWE. Like honestly, mm-hmm. if you showed me just like Brawling Brutes, Asuka, like all the others, I'd probably be like, oh, the but, AR graphics are great. But because nah, the words are trash too for <laughs> for for uh, Riddle. Riddle, yeah, they those stopped are doing it as much though. But that was yeah. trash. But mm-hmm. honestly, the fact that the biggest star in the company, the world champion, has the worst ones gives me a negative opinion of it overall. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I just want them graphics gone. Uh, they 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 suck so bad. And uh, yeah, please, I agree with you that they yeah they're we all lazy. Agree. They're awful. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, this was again a week where it's been proving what I've been saying for some, about SmackDown for the longest. Um, when they don't have the bloodline stuff going, SmackDown is not a good show. And <laughs> I felt wow. like this 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 SmackDown was better because of the bloodline stuff. The thing that's great about what Sammy is doing is that when Roman's not there, you still get the Sammy and Uso stuff. And so they've managed to fix it a little bit, but they've gotta they've gotta correct some of the other issues on this show. Um I thought uh I thought the vignette they they played for the Usos was really good. Um I'm sorry to me. I know people were saying that they're the best tag team of all time. They're not better than New Day. I'm sorry. I, I just don't agree. Oh, it's going to uh, suck when they um, they beat New Day's record. Uh, they're, yeah, they're not better than New Day. Um, and I do think they're going to beat the record. Um, I also hate, and it's really just on the technicality, because I hate when WWE does stuff like this, but when they were like, the Usos are the first ever WWE mm-hmm. undisputed tag team champions, and yeah. my brain is like, but that's like a complete technicality on just the fact that like they're not the first team that you've had hold both sets of titles. They're right. just the first team that you've had hold these both sets of titles. Right. But you've had multiple tag team champion like it's it's kind of in the same way where WWE did the um they were like Roman Reigns the first ever undisputed champion and it's like but like you don't have to do that because right. I feel like it's better for That's your what, history to acknowledge Jericho's, that one of Jericho's things is that he beat he was undisputed champion he beat the Rock and Stone Cold like, right but it wasn't but it wasn't those two belts it was the Universal <laughs> Championship yeah. and the WWE Championship I hate that because like mm-hmm. ultimately it's the same thing it's the same it idea is. that two, somebody's holding two world championships you just called it something different this time mm-hmm. and because I think. 
you can still like Hunter has talked about the fact that one of the things he wants to do in his regime is respect the history a little bit more. So I'm hoping right. that he he finds a way to acknowledge this type of stuff because I think it's better to say that the Usos instead of saying that they were the first undisputed tag champions because like that's kind of not true. You had other teams hold both sets of belts. Maybe go with the Usos are the most successful team to hold two sets of belts mm. because at the end of the day, they are more successful than Carlito and Primo. They are more right. successful at this than Edge and Chris Jericho were who hold, held them like a week. Um, they're more successful than Jericho. They're more successful mm. than DX when they had them. Like there are ways you can do that and still put over the Usos, still put over the accolade. You can still say Roman. You don't have to say he's the first ever undisputed because it's like not true, right? Like, right. Uh, Jericho held both belts. Hunter held both belts. You had Orton walking around with two belts. Brian Danielson with two belts. Cena with two belts. Mm-hmm. Brock with two belts. Happened, right? You you right. don't have to say that, but you can say that has anybody had a more successful run with it than Roman Reigns? You can then say that actually all these guys did exist with the both belts and Roman's better than all of them. That's how I yep. would sell it um, rather than wiping them from history. That stuff sucks. Boy. Um the other part about this that they they put the New Day's record up there, and then in the same show we had to watch them wrestle in this nothing ass filler match with Maximum Male Models. What the fuck are they doing with the New Day, bro? I hate it. <laughs> I hate um, it. Like, what are they doing with them? I have no idea. Uh, no idea. Just kind of coasting, but at the same time, like, it feels like. I don't know how long Xavier Woods is for this world um, Mm -hmm. because it feels like Austin Creed has his – He's cooking. Yeah, he's got a a lot of pots on the stove at the moment, and it feels like he could at any moment just kind of go all in on one of them and never have to – And it feels like Kofi has been talking for a while about wanting to retire. Like he's been like, I'm getting towards the end of my career for a while. So maybe they're just like, we're showing up to work. We're having fun. Who cares? But I mean, I, I do think this is their last. I think this is his last contract, probably, and I think mm-hmm. that um, Woods is probably working on his exit strategy. But how much of what they're doing with him has sped up him wanting to work on his exit right. strategy? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I feel like they they absolutely dropped the ball with him as king of the ring because they did oh nothing God. with him as king of the ring. He did mm-hmm. nothing to gain well, any uh, yeah, single I have accolade. A... I did have a huge issue with the fact that I had to watch King Corbin for two years as King Corbin, oh, and I God. didn't get I didn't get King Woods for two months, and yeah, that like, like drives did, me insane. You didn't even give him a IC title reign. You gave him nothing out of that, and I think that really sucks. And I think it did a disservice to to him, especially because that was his dream of being King of the Ring. I think they right. could have done more than that. Um, and I think they should be doing more right now. And I'm not saying that I think they should be beating everybody and being like what they were, but you know, treat these guys like they matter. Like I said, this is a this is the one of the best tag teams in the history of the company. A former WWE champion, a former King of the Ring. Do something better with them, man. I can't believe how much the King of the Ring has been a flop. Um, in that, has there been it's a successful crazy. King of the Ring since Booker T? Um, because what 2008 was regal and then he like immediately got suspended and his run pretty much was a flop uh 2010 yeah. was sheamus that was considered kind of the worst run of sheamus's career um because this was after he had already been a two-time wwe champion so like the king of the ring was like a step down for him and then mm-hmm. i don't think we saw it again until 2015 am i correct and that was 
King Barrett, which again was the worst run of his career. Uh, oh. Like after Bad News Barrett, like all the success he had had, they just kind of. Now we gotta do foreign heel stuff again. 2019 yep. was the next one, and that was Corbin. And like, it's Corbin. Um, Everybody and, hated and Corbin it ran, so and much. It ran for two years. Uh, mm. And then Woods felt like the first one. We're like, okay, this could be something. Don't forget that they like awesome. made Nakamura a king for like a few months, and then they just completely did away with that and acted like it didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just feel like King of the Ring hasn't had any success since Booker T was King of the Ring since King Booker. It's been a long and time. It's yeah. been a long time where it should be something to catapult somebody to the next level, and it's just been nothing. Uh, now, granted, hopefully out of the Vince era, things change. Um, yeah. And some cool stuff happens. Uh, I don't know. But hey, we know. did get uh, we did get the announcement this week, by the way, that War Games is returning and it's going to be at Survivor mm-hmm. Series. I mean, gosh, the biggest call up of all time is Hunter's booking <laughs> because right. he's literally just called up everything from NXT to the main roster including all of his ideas. We're getting the fight pit at uh, Extreme Rules. Mm-hmm. He literally is just calling up NXT. Yeah. I like um, it. I'm into it. Yeah, I, I think everything they've announced so far is cool. Um, it's just really dawning on me that we're going to be heading into WrestleMania season, and this is the first WrestleMania ever without Vince's fingerprints on it. That's going to be very uh, weird. Ever. Um, 38 uh, I did, Nope, I disagree with that, actually. Uh, because as has been rumored, which I think is a colossal mistake this soon, but it's being rumored that the headline Hall of Fame inductee is going to be. Oh, Vince that's McMahon. right. Are you that's serious? Right. That's right. That's, yep, that's the rumor going around. That. that is a rumor that, that Vince is going oh, into the Hall company, of Fame man. in this, Los Angeles. This yeah. Oh my yeah. god! And so, so the it, fact that he would have be, his fingerprints over. So it. not just that, so the fact is he would be at the Hall of Fame. He'd be backstage at WrestleMania. Um, <laughs> uh, and this is WrestleMania 39, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you know he's going to be a part of 40. So we got it at minimum two more years <laughs> of Mystic Man uh, as part of WrestleMania. You think they're going to have I, the 40th anniversary without Vince? I, I hope they're smart enough to recognize that he's still a very toxic name that you do not that would want be, associated. So you don't want to, you don't want that attached to WrestleMania, like Hall of Fame and this guy, and there's still ongoing investigations on him. That is wild. Yeah, that that sounds bad. I mean, but they would absolutely do it. That's absolutely <laughs> definitely. On, yeah, on, no on problem. No, they, they don't care. I mean, yeah, the, the thing is, it's going to happen. It's just a matter yeah. of whether it happens this year or forty. But they're going to do right. Vince McMahon's induction into the Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah, it's inevitable. Um, definitely. Yes. Uh, and and it's not to say he hasn't had a Hall of Fame worthy run. Like, he created the Hall of Fame. If there's anybody who deserves to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, it's Vince. Who's gonna uh, induct him, Stephanie? Uh, Undertaker. I think they do like Cena or something along those lines. Cena, uh, Cena or Undertaker, I could see one of them doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah I don't know. Um, but Ben, so this cold. was this was a <laughs> it was a weird week of WWE because I there were things I really liked about Raw, there were things I really liked about SmackDown, but there were also things oh, about both shows that I really really didn't like. Um, I forgot I was uh, I was there. 
Yeah, you oh, you went there. to Raw! That's right! <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I can't believe we went this whole show and didn't even talk about the fact that you were at Monday Night Raw. We, we, I was we, there. We sparked a debate about, about uh, arena food online, and we didn't get the most uh, legendary arena food guy <laughs> to talk about bringing beans to legendary. the show. Legendary. I did not bring beans to the show. This is a different, <laughs> a very different vibe going into this. This was in San Jose. It wasn't in San Francisco. I had to drive out to San Jose. Like I was saying on Twitter, standing in line was the worst, one of the worst experiences I've had in a long time. Shoosh and thank you are the worst thing to happen to wrestling by far. <laughs> you can say anything that, uh, any other wrestling thing, I'm in. Shoosh and thank you, the worst. Number one, death, over deathmatch wrestling, over everything. Shoosh and thank you are the worst things that ever happened have, to wrestling. Have we not I gone to, to, the three of oh, us have God. not gone to any WWE shows together? No, no, because this been, was my first one in the whole year. Yeah, I've been. <laughs> That's why you need to go to Royal Rumble. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, this is my first one in the whole year. So, but yeah, it was uh, it was insanely five thousand times better than when I had the infamous rant that kind of kicked off Gravity. But it still was super. I don't want to say boring. I just want to say it's it's part overproduced. Of it that, that's overproduced that I just can't get past that. Um. And as much as I enjoy certain things, it's just like they've gotta, they've gotta come off the range a little bit, man. Uh, they don't. There's still no soul in the show. It's still like everyone's just trying to hit their placement, and that that's including the fans. The fans are like conditioned to react in certain way. Conditioned to like, okay, this is the part where we say this is awesome. Okay, this is the part, and it's not natural. There's nothing natural about the show, and that you need that for pro wrestling. It's all just like. All right, here's your mark. Say that they might as well just. I remember WrestleMania in Texas. They had on the the big scoreboard like boo and yeah and blah 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 like cue cards. You might as well just give them up because your fans react like that too. So I just it doesn't feel like. And so I was at a wrestling show, but it didn't feel like being at a fucking wrestling show. It feels like being at a taping yeah. of a TV show, which it is, but. It is. It's yeah. different when it's pro wrestling. You know what I mean? The, the they, if that that's I... what they're going for, they achieved it. Like, it's a machine. It's the WWE. It's big. It's a big production. Like, they got that. But for me, I don't really – it didn't really hit for me. Yeah, the, the thing that I didn't like about Raw this week is, I mean, it was distraction, shenanigan, finish galore. I mean, yeah, almost every man. match was distraction, interference. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, please just stop this. <laughs> stop it. Yeah. Like, there were definitely fun things. Lashley and uh, Rollins was super fun. Oh, they could. Of course, that was a great match. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Great was, match. There were some things going on, but for the most part, it's just kind of like, it felt like one of those episodes. And it's funny because uh, in the past two months, I've seen some episodes of Raw that I liked. This one I didn't really. It wasn't the best. So, Yeah. But we got to talk about the thing that has the most people talking. It's the biggest thing to be happening this week, and nobody even knows what it is. But uh, White Rabbit <laughs> right. uh, is is the biggest thing to be happening in pro wrestling. It's got the QR codes are popping up and people are scanning the QR codes and then getting all the hints what's happening. The prevailing theory is that it's Bray Wyatt and uh, that's got a lot of people excited. Except me, because I don't like Bray Wyatt. Oh, so, man. I, man, if if you if you've been watching this podcast from the very beginning, 
I believe I told one Will Washington a few months ago that Bray would be back, and you were like, nope, there's no reason to bring him back. I was like, no, Bray's coming mm-hmm. back. And I just... Hey, no. to be fair, that was under... Uh, look, I mean, I get it. Hunter has some moves working for him right now, right? Um, because Hunter uh, is is in this mode of bringing people back. That is his go-to move, and it is working. What's their placement, though, Will Washington? I know. To, like, I know. to an extent, you know? That, that, that move is effective. And by the way, we also have to talk about some other things. Uh, we got some super chats that'll spark these discussions. But, um, but Hunter is bringing people back whether they're people who are under contract other places or whatnot. Oh, Hunter, is, Hunter has definitely uh, brought... Contract? What's a contract? Yeah, what's a contract, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, not like the, to be honest, I understand what Tony was ranting about um, at the media scrum where he was like, I'm not, not going to sit back and take this fucking I'm bullshit. not taking this shit. <laughs> right, and part of it was because Tony has never operated under the idea of talking to people under contract. It's not, uh, that was a thing where even if he had talent who was doing so, like, you know, the young bucks have friends in WWE, so they could talk to the guys and kind of get feelers for how they're feeling. As far as Tony was concerned, not going to do it off limits as a company. We can't have that liability. Can't have fucking George Berrios coming after us with the, with the <laughs> lawsuits. It can't be happening. Right. WWE on the other hand is like, eh, I don't give a fuck. You want to talk to FTR? Sure. Let's hit up Swerve. Absolutely. We want to bring back Hit Row. Let's uh, see if Swerve is interested. Uh, And and all of that. But like I said, WWE's got to move right now. And it is bringing people back. And it has worked. Right? Like Braun got a big reaction. uh, And he's going out there and choo-chooing over people. And it's great. Shout out to Otis, by the way. Otis put on a fantastic performance last night. Mm Mm-hmm. Otis is a great wrestler. Um, yeah, he is. Go figure. Um, we knew that as a babyface, and they took away everything and made <laughs> it interesting as a babyface. Right. Uh, so, with all of that said, I I know there's a place for Bray Wyatt, but there has never been a more not-for-me wrestler than Bray Wyatt. I actually think... Bray Wyatt fucking stinks. And, um, like, The Fiend? The Fiend was a cool mask. But other than that, nobody came out of a feud with The Fiend better for it. As a matter of fact, nobody even came out of a feud with The Fiend neutral. Everybody came out of their feud with The Fiend worse for it. It started with Finn Balor. Who had to be sent Balor, back to... He Finn murdered Balor Finn Balor. Actually, Finn Balor actually came out of that situation better because he... He went to, to NXT! But wait, he was able to go into NXT and become a heel, and he had a great run. So, But uh, but that came about because he's fucking dead on the main roster. But you can't was, do anything with it. before that because they had him doing goofy, smiley face and baby face stuff before. But then they like literally like murdered him on the no main roster. He had no kind of heat before that anyway. <laughs> um, and let's see. After that... We went to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins' babyface run was absolutely destroyed by being involved with The Fiend. Like, this is that wasn't, no two that ways wasn't about it. That was The Fiend's fault, though. That was the company's fault. They should have never put him in that match. 
But that's what I mean. Like, the thing is, there was nobody you could have put in with The Fiend that would have been better for it. But I don't think that's because The Fiend was bad. I think that's because the company had a misunderstanding of how to use The Fiend. The Fiend should have never been in a title match. Um, the second you put him in a title match, at some point he has to lose. And and to the... When the bell rings, that's over. The Fiend's not... Well, he's off. He's all pomp and circumstance. He's all vignettes. He's all... He's great at that, but when it's ding, 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 out. And that's well, I mean, just from somebody that was in San Jose for Randy Orton and The Fiend in one of the worst displays of actions I've ever Again, seen. Again, no, this so, is a misunderstanding of The Fiend. Why are you is putting it, The though? Fiend? Give me, when's one, give me a match that he hit. Just let's start there. Give Why me are one you putting The Fiend in a feud with Randy Orton, bro? Like, that does not make sense. Like, that doesn't make sense to what The Fiend is good at. Doesn't That doesn't add to what Randy but Orton it sounds like at. he like, doesn't have, doesn't every time work. we bring one up, you're like, somebody, I don't, like, give me one that did, that, that worked. Well, I don't, I don't think that my point about Seth Rollins isn't valid, though, because I, like I said, he should have never been in a title picture. And I think that I agree. W- when you see how hot the fiend was at that point and you're trying to get your champion over, it was a terrible idea to split your fan base because people were already behind the fiend. The second, the second you put him in that right. match, people were going to want the fiend to win. It was a dumb decision. And so it, it, it was a dumb decision, but at the same time, like I, I've said before, supernatural stuff of pro wrestling is not for me um, because then it begs a whole lot of questions because like, I'm like, look, if Undertaker could shoot lightning from his hands, like, why didn't he just, like, zap wrestlers and then, like, win matches that way? How come we don't? Like, like, if you have the ability to teleport, why would you ever get pinned? Like, one, two, and then, like, lights go out and you should just be gone, right? Like, there's certain points. One, two, lights go out and you're in your locker room when they come back on. I mean, like, I can't stand supernatural stuff for wrestling because it's like, I already have to suspend my disbelief a lot. And so when you then have to then break the logic of the pro wrestling I'm watching, I can't get into it. And I just feel like as far as Bray is concerned, unless he has a truly brand new idea that is not anything he's been doing before, because I think ultimately... Like, we've heard all of this stuff is Bray's ideas, right? All the things we've seen, Bray is is this creative mind who came up with the Firefly Funhouse, all of this stuff. Bray has ideas um, among ideas. And uh, I just feel like it's kind of almost like Russo-level stuff where I think... Somebody nah. has been no. What I mean by that is somebody nah. has been ra- no. Somebody's been reining that in because I think ultimately he he's. I'm, I'm not glad he put Russo on him though. That's kind of that's. I, too far, bro. <laughs> nah. Like, but ultimately, I'm not a fan of Bray Wyatt. I I don't that's like right. honestly. When I look historically back at Bray Wyatt and I saw people posting clips and I shared it in our group chat of like the kids singing with John Cena and I'm like, this was trash. What are we talking about? But we missed this. This is awful television. So um, there's... Um, I, where I'm going to disagree with you guys, we missed this. you guys didn't let me get to the, 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 the Fiend matches that hit or mm-hmm. the Fuse that hit. No, those those Brian matches were dope, and that feud with Brian was great. The Cena stuff was great. Um, we're, I'm not going to sit here and act like none of that stuff was good. The problem is that people characterize the Fiend stuff by the stuff that is objectively bad, like the like the Hell in a Cell match with Rollins, or what it became with the Alexa stuff. That stuff was trash. But when it first started, it was not that. 
Uh, but it was like I don't know. No, I, I guess I just disagree. His debut at SummerSlam was great. No, come on. No, man. I hated I, that too. He like literally I, broke I Finn Balor's neck. Like again, what am I supposed to do? Oh, he did yeah. the thing. Huh? He did the snap his neck thing. Like what is that? Like I hated that so much because I'm like, no, Finn Balor should literally be dead right now, and instead <laughs> I have to deal with. Uh, like I, it wasn't for me. It, that kind of stuff it it never hits for me. Um, I don't necessarily feel like it could ever hit for me. Yeah, sure, I'm a hater, as it's being said in the chat. Fine, I I hate this kind I of mean, stuff. I um, to be, and I I know pe- what people are gonna do is oh, once he gets in a ring, I I think that some wrestlers give you what they're good at, and what they're special at, and some wrestlers are not. Like that, I don't, I'm not gonna go to Bray for these five star classic matches. I'm not looking to him to have fantastic matches. But when you're talking about talkers. He is objectively one of the best promo guys of the modern era. That's just that's just true. Um, the guy is one of the better creative guys. He's given us one of the best wrestling characters of the past decade. Like I would actually argue, next to Undertaker, like he's given us some of the best character work in that company. Um, but again, people mix it up. It's not like Undertaker was this great wrestler. And we were going to him for great matches for a long time. That changed towards the end of his career. But no. Undertaker is known as being a great character guy. There's nothing wrong with wanting that out of Bray as well. Um, but like hot take here, I preferred Taker as a biker, and like that's uh, and, and you know why I did? Uh, I mean, that's fine. But, but most and, people and, and, know and, and, him as the I know. Mo- that's how most people know. But you know why I preferred that Undertaker? Because I was a real person. I didn't have to suspend my disbelief for uh, for that Undertaker because I knew deep down that Mark Calloway was a guy who. Rode motorcycles and chewed tobacco, and like that was like I'm like okay, this is him. This is a real person that I can, um, even if it's a person who probably would see me on the street and uh, wonder what I'm doing in his neighborhood. I recognize that this is at least real, and so that like I was just more into that character than anything else. That felt more authentic and like it was in an era where you wanted people to feel authentic like especially toward like 99 um where taker like really started evolving out of being um a spooky demon with characters or with characters with powers and was just like a just a dude from texas who uh yeah. says you're in my yard and i'm like yeah he probably would be mad that i'm in his yard wouldn't he um but no, look, I get that, but wrestling at its core is goofy, man. Like, a lot of the stuff we like about wrestling is based off of fantastic stuff. Like, it's not real. And so I'm fine with people doing characters. Like, not everybody has to do realistic characters. I I think that there's room to do both. Um, and those are the reasons why I like Bray. I mean, I'm telling you, I had a lot of fun with the Firefly Funhouse. I didn't expect to, but... I loved it. Um, I I loved everything he was doing with the Firefly Funhouse every week. I thought for a moment, Firefly Funhouse was the best thing about Raw. Um, him doing those segments, they were great. Man. Um, but I don't know. I just think some people have swayed on Bray a lot because the last stuff we saw him doing was so bad. The Alexa stuff was just not good. Um, and I would argue a lot of the Orton stuff is not good. Let, 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 let's just keep it 100 Keep Bray and Randy Orton away from each other. Nothing Please, they've done yes. together is good. They don't um, work out it, well together. It's, it's not good. So, but no, I think that there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of reason to bring Bray back. Bray is a big asset to a company 
that puts a lot of stock in production value and over the top characters. He that there's no other place for him to be but WWE. Impact. I mean, no, impact, impact. Like I, Impact can't afford him, Bro, but Impact. <laughs> impact is to me the home of uh, like if no, you want to see like would really work in Impact. I'm yeah, it. it actually kind of would. Um, it would, but I I just think for what he does, their their production value isn't as good. And so I feel they can't like afford it. The, the people that think he's hokey would think he was even more hokey there. <laughs> yes. uh, and so I, I think it's better for him to be a WWE. So let's run through the uh, the Super Chats because speaking of impact, um, this one from Bugaboo Jones just had me dying. Uh, it says, uh, if you saw the <laughs> Penny Farthing bike parked outside the <laughs> impact arena, uh, then you weren't surprised when Bobby Fish showed up. Penny farting is wild. That is wild. (laughs) No, that to me had me dying because for those of you who aren't familiar with that bike, um, we're. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what I was expecting with the big tire, with the mustache. Come on, bro. Come on. Uh, Penny farting. (laughs) So. I don't oh, think this is dude. as funny if that report doesn't come out the same day of him yes. trying to get them to leave. I think that's it. And I knew like, this would be the transition to talk about funny. that because, yeah, apparently it has come out that uh, it's rumored that Bobby Fish tried to get um, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole to leave AEW with him and both said no. And, like, I pulled up a couple of matches that were very obvious why the answer would be no. Um, what was Kyle O'Reilly's last match in on AEW television? Uh, come Tuesday. Was it Darby? Um, I believe it was the Moxley match, correct? To mm. determine number one contender. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 after yeah, right, after, right, after right, Kyle O'Reilly right. won. I I, I'm saying NXT. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so as far as Kyle O'Reilly in AEW. The last thing he did was win the Casino Battle Royale and face John Moxley. This was clearly a guy that they saw value in and wanted to see big things for. Uh, what was Adam Cole's last match in AEW? Four-way for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship of the World. And before that, he won the Owen. And before that, he was the number one contender facing Hangman Adam Page in main evented Revolution. Clearly, Adam Cole is somebody who has AEW's AEW kind of wrapped around his finger as far as like wanting to be them wanting to be pushed. Bobby Fish didn't get shit, and so I get why he's like, "Come on, guys, let's go!" And they're like, "I, I, I could, I could see it." Like, just if you're just picturing what this looks like, and it's. It's uh, Cole going back there and hanging out with all his friends, hanging out with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. His girlfriend's there. Uh, by the way, he's also a Punk fan, and he's hanging out with Punk. And Bobby is definitely standing in the corner like Jay Uso, like, yo, let's go, man. Like, when we leaving, bro? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what are we doing here? Yes, like, like, I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. But he's an Impact now. And, like, look, that's not a knock against Impact as a company, but it is funny as hell <laughs> that – him leaving, I think he was hoping and thought that because, of course, Hunter made those calls. Fightful Select just reported. Man, was saying that go to war for you, bro. 
Yeah. Bro couldn't the... do an, he couldn't do an interview without saying Triple H's name. They'd be like, hey, so what do you have for breakfast? Name. Well, Triple H could help me. He would have him cereal for like, well, I wasn't talking about Triple H. What are you doing there? Look, so he, for him man. to not end up back there. And he did He did impact. the whole Mr. Chow thing, too. He was like, look, I hate CM Punk. I hate him, too. <laughs> <laughs> I hate him, too, man. Resign me. <laughs> we all hate CM Punk. I'll fight him if you want me to. <laughs> I just think that this is very funny. Uh, and, yeah, so, of course, I think that, yeah, it does suck that um, the WWE reached out to those guys just in the sense that, like, I think, like, a number of guys I've heard from are like, look, it's not that I wouldn't be interested in working from Hunter again. It's or working for Hunter again, but I am going to honor my contract that I signed with with Tony Khan. This is what I signed, and Tony is honoring it by giving me work every week. So I'm going to honor it mm-hmm. by, you know, working for him every week. Fully get that. Um, and then there are others who are like, nah, I, I'm out. Um, and... So I know Meltzer reported that Malachi wasn't the only one who asked for his release. Um, I can't say who the other... We know, but uh, the three of us do, but um, that's not something we could say officially. Yeah, I would need one more confirmation on that um, right. before I could. Uh, yeah. And... The... It just puts everybody in a bad position, man. Like it's not it's not AEW's fault that all these people got released from WWE and WWE is in turmoil, and now they all changed their mind. So like, oh yeah, you want to be released because you get, you're getting a second chance. Here you go. No, it's not that easy. Yeah, that I, this, I'm gonna release you is... from this contract because they're having fun over there now. No way. This this is definitely. That guy broke up with a girl, and she was somewhere yep. else happy, and he started calling yep. her like, nah, break up with that dude. Come, you don't want to be with that dude. <laughs> it's hey, fun WWE over here is absolutely dirty macking, and it's garbage. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> the dirty, dirty macking, that's exactly what's, dirty, what's happening here. Dirty yeah. And, yeah. And, and, so, uh, I, yeah, I, I was I, just going to say, on the Malachi stuff, uh, I hope the guy's okay, um, because mm-hmm. I thought yes. the stuff that was coming out about him didn't sound good. And that statement also didn't sound good. Um, so I hope he's okay. Um, and, you know, just respect that guy's privacy. Yeah. And that's what we were yeah, trying to do just... before when we the rumor first came out. We talked about that right. we we don't really hit on um, mental health stuff, and that's why we didn't it's talk not, about it. He's and not using not... this for leverage to get to – he's not using his mental health for leverage to get to another company is where we're trying yeah. to land with it. Like, this isn't a, a tactic. Like, this is real yeah. life. It's not about some pro wrestling shit. So hopefully Malachi Black is definitely okay. Yeah. Yes. Um. And then yeah, the, in the fightful select report, it also included that that swerve was asked. So I guess I can say that now. <laughs> Yo, this has been this has been this one has of the been... funniest weeks with Swerve. Watching Swerve, uh, kind of be like, nah. Every time people are like, basically, <laughs> we want you to come back. He's like, nah. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And so when that clip came from. Renee Podcast, Oral Sessions, my guy Emilio, Emilio Parks. Um, when that, that quote came, I was like, why are you guys surprised by this? He's been saying that since he yeah, left. He don't like, want to come back. Yeah. Like, he mm-hmm. has been saying he don't want to come back. Like, that's this is not a case of, um, oh, you know, he's just not able to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. No, he, he is outright, he like, he done again, as was in the Fightful Select report, uh, the fact that, that Swerve was one of the names contacted by WWE, and he... Turned it down. He was like, "No, um, you know, I, 
I like what I'm cooking up here. And like, I think this week was the most evident of what he's cooking up. Again, back to Fightful Select reports back in February, we ran a report, um, about Swerve possibly even going to AEW. And one of the things we had heard from, uh, people in AEW was that they saw a lot of quote, crossover potential, unquote, for, uh, for Swerve Strickland. And people were like, what does that mean? And I hope this week is an example of what that meant and that, uh, Swerve's been out there. He has been kind of everywhere. And, um, nah. a shout out to, uh, to our guy, Victor Taylor Perry, who, uh, you know, he had Swerve in the classroom. I was so fucking cool, man. That, that was really I cool. Um, yeah. that was one of those things that I, May have played a little bit of a role in, but I was just, I was I was okay. happy to put I was happy bit. to make that connection <laughs> a little bit. Did the kids uh, did bit. the kids end up going to a Grand Slam? I don't believe so. Um, they didn't. But but uh, as far as you know, having Keith and Swerve in the classroom, the kids were really mm. happy to see him. Swerve, uh, Swerve has his picture on the wall, and they he got to sign it and have the kids dance into awesome. the big pressure. That was just so all great cool. stuff. Wore, but then, yeah, wore the he, hoodie during during entrance. I thought that was also really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, he did. So cool. Um, yeah. I at this point, yeah, of course, if, if people follow me on Twitter, one of the things I enjoy doing is knowing that I pointed something out months ago. And coming back to it. And there are so many things that I was thinking this week of callback from this very podcast. Um, sitting mm-hmm. and thinking that our most watched episode is Sean Dean telling people be patient and let it let me work. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna fix this. And watching the fruits of his labor at Grand Slam, I'm like, yo, y'all really owe this man his flowers because he told y'all to be patient and look at what he has done. You had you had yeah, it might have started guys. in Atlanta, though. Remember what they did in Atlanta, man. Yeah, like, but I mean, been, just throughout this year, throughout this year, man, give Sean Dean his credit. Um, yep. And on the Swerve thing, remembering that interview, we had the first interview, and I was like, yo, they should have had you at Rolling Loud. And now looking at him and getting <laughs> the Who Kid yeah. interview at Rolling Loud. Wow. It's great, man. It's full just a great full baby. circle moment, man. It, it is. Today. And, and, um, like, you know, obviously we talked to Sean Dean quite a bit and it is one of those things where, um, again, when he mentioned the be patient stuff at the beginning of this year and, uh, I knew to take him at his word because I know how hard he works at this stuff. I, and I know, um, that he is very much somebody who is listened to, but I also know, you know, as far as Swerve was concerned, I knew back in January where he was headed. Uh, so when people were kind of harping on the idea of, um, you know, who's going to be a black star in AEW and I'm in my brain, I'm like, well, Swerve's about to sign there. So, uh, mm-hmm. chill, but I can't say that back in January. Um, <laughs> and, uh, cause he ultimately didn't debut till March. And so, that was one of those things where when people were like, uh, why aren't you talking about this? And I'm like, cause I can't like, I, I, there's mm-hmm. certain things that I, certain aspects of this part uh, of this stuff that I do know. I actually love Big Swole. And, and, um, and so as love far as what took place with Big Swole was concerned, because people have harped on me for that too. I've gotten a, well, why were you silent on Big Swole? I wasn't silent on Big Swole. I've actually we, talked to we Big Swole. Weren't. Um, what do you mean? Yeah. We weren't mm-hmm. silent on Big Swole. We talked about we did a whole show. Not about at all. It. But but there were certain pieces of it that we were privy to that we weren't able to talk about. And so there were um 
I don't know. I just, it, it wasn't as cut and dry. And that was why, you know, I framed it at the time as I thought it was just more of a disrespect issue when it came to Big Swole, specifically right. to Big Swole. I wasn't willing mm-hmm. to frame it as um, an overall indictment on uh, the booking of wrestlers because there was a lot of stuff in motion at the time. Hell, the AEW album was in motion at the time. You and I already were like in process of working on tracks yeah, when we that happened. On it. And so yeah, we were working yeah. on tracks at the time. So that was one of those things where we couldn't even like really go, well, actually, there's like mm-hmm. this album coming out in February that mm-hmm. um, we've all been working on that's, I, that's a deal. I, we couldn't say I, that, right? So it was, but that, that was why I was willing to say at the time, and I still feel that way, that it was an issue of disrespect. Um, right. and I will still leave it at that, that that's how, that's what I feel it was. I, I was in the space this last week and I think that is definitely worth clarifying for all of our listeners. Cause I did hear somebody in that space to say that the album was PR after the swole stuff. That is absolutely not true. The album was in the works before the swole stuff happened. That is not true. Um, yeah. I signed that contract in November. So. Yeah. So that, that is just not true. Um, don't listen to anybody that tells you that, um, I on this work on the swerve topic as well. As a matter of fact, I'll say this um, really quick. As far as the album was concerned, that was the part that actually had me worried. Was I? I had that exact thought. As soon as everything happened, I thought, "Fuck!" Now people are going to see the album yeah. as a response to what happened with the swole stuff. Like that was yeah. the part that had me. That um, was number upset. one for me. As I was like, "We have yeah. this really it, cool it thing, and people are going to just not to think." Yeah, it was yeah. bad. It was so bad. We we had email exchanges about that, about how, like, okay, uh, the, the tweet happened. What are we going to do? Because now we're working on this. We've been working on this album. And, and speaking on Mike, uh, AEW things, we need to get into something really quick before the show ends, too, because there's a little video game coming out called Fight Forever that has a very, very, very interesting and very cool soundtrack. <laughs> there's a lot of very, Listen. very cool musical guest featured on this little Listen, video game coming I, out for xbox my PC, god that, that video PS5. dropped so so we we were never going to confirm that until it was officially out there I, that I video came out nothing until people got the game but the game <laughs> right. that video of the game came out and what's the first thing you hear in that fight forever video of like full-on gameplay the first like direct audio you hear all of a sudden i see i hear ring 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 i'm like <laughs> What is going on? Come on, bro. Like, like we knew what song was going to be there, but to hear it in the menu, like, that had to have been something for you. I still am. It's funny because I found that somebody tweeted it, like, right before the last show ended it. So I found mm-hmm. it right as we were ending the show. Will's trying to run out to go and take his daughter somewhere. And I'm like, wait, did you guys see this? And it's, like, my song playing. I still, like, haven't really fully taking it in i guess because i don't have the game and i haven't got to play it but that video and the response and just knowing that when this game comes out my song's gonna be when i used to play madden and back in the day when i used to play all these games gta with these crazy soundtracks and be introduced to artists through video games like someone's gonna gta do 3 is my song Rose. dude GTA 3 is why I know Royce the 5-9, right? Like, I didn't exactly, know Royce the 5-9 yeah. before GTA 3, but he has, like, six songs in that game, and that changed everything for me. 
Exactly. I feel Some like kid is going to be able to do that with Fight Forever. <laughs> they're going to listen to that and hear Righteous Reg while they're fucking slamming somebody. I, I'm, I, I was, I'm so happy for you because, like, one, oh that God. video with the Fight Forever gameplay that's been going around. By the way, I want to give credit where it's due. Um, 21,000 views, by the way. But uh, that video is posted by the Game Club. If you haven't seen it, it's got three matches in it. It's CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. Um uh, Big Show versus Adam Cole and then Hikaru Shida versus, uh, Thunder Rosa. And it, uh, you know, that video is the one going around that's really got people most encouraged because it's the first time we've seen full on gameplay without any tutorials or anything. You're just seeing how the game plays and it's really, um, giving people the feeling that, oh shit, this is no mercy. Like you're finally seeing mm-hmm. just a full on match go on and you realize, oh, they really just remade no mercy. This is actually, uh, <laughs> pretty great. Um, but again, if you watch the video, the first song you hear, Brick Phone, Righteous Rage. Ring, ring. What's ring, happening ring. here? Don't answer his Listen. phone. What's up? Baby? A song that Shout he made because. Yeah, I was gonna say, a song Tracy, that he made because Tracy don't. A song he made because Tracy kept tweeting that Reg don't ever answer his phone. That hook, that hook is directly from Tracy of her. I was thinking like, about that the whole time. Why don't you answer your phone? <laughs> Yo. So shout out to Tracy. We out here because of my friend. Let's do this. I, yeah. Come on, man. I when I opened when I opened the podcast last week and I said, "Look, the most influential black content creator on here." I didn't. I didn't just say that for no reason, bro. Again, part of the PWI, BW five hundred. You know what my man does, man. Like if 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 we've done nothing else with Something this like. podcast, it's, it's giving my guy an outlet, man. Oh, and, and also guys, by the way, there's two, there's two songs. There's two songs you hear in that video, by the way, because in the background of the match, it's Go Team by uh, Swerve City, Von Teasy and Swerve Strickland. So shout um, out to Von Teasy. All my, all my yeah, people. Call me Rich Lada. Yeah. Rich Lada, yeah. There's, look, a lot of people in the community got songs in this game. Um, and apparently now, I won't say that. But, I was going to say uh, it ain't no, over, yeah. baby. You're right, you're right, you're right. I don't know. Uh, I don't but, know. but. Who we are, uh, that's a great album. Yeah. Get who we are so, if you haven't. We talked about who we are for a little bit. It's available on your streaming thing. You can find the songs on YouTube. Like if you haven't heard the super dope fun project that we all yeah. had a great time doing, please go and find it because it's still going. It's never ending. That's what people, uh, there's been some people that complain about like promotion and this. It's like, it's on DSP. It's the last forever. It doesn't have to like, if we, if yeah. five years, everybody in the world discovered it, it's still to be discovered. It's music. It's forever. So. I look. Mm-hmm. I get that some people also have hammered on the promotion thing, but there's certain things that I look at of this, like you guys have a piece of art that is in the National Museum of African American Music, fam. Like, that lasts forever. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. Nobody can take that away from you guys. We're in the African American Museum, bro. bro. You can't tell me nothing. I got goosebumps when you said that, by the way. That's a cultural impact, bro. Like, you can't Again, like you don't want to get it. I, I don't want to get into arguing with certain people about this when I see it online, because, of course, I'm biased because you guys are my friends. But right. it's just like, no, you guys did something special. And I don't really care what other people think about it. They can argue about why it was done. But no, you guys did something that is going to matter after this year. Let's go, baby. Chris Watson says, came in late today. How bad would it look if a new Raw title was created so we don't have to wait till Mania for Roman to lose? Sorry, it's a stupid question. I can't get out of my head. Don't beat me up, please. Um, I mean, 
I that happened at all. Honestly. But that happened in 2002. That's what they did in 2002, yep. which was, and that was the storyline reason was that, uh, if you remember, it was September 2nd, 2002. Um, it was Monday Night Raw. Eric Bischoff comes to the ring with a briefcase. What's in the briefcase, oh, right? And, and that was a week after Brock Lesnar on Raw had declared that, uh, or Stephanie McMahon took Brock Lesnar to SmackDown with her with her and said that officially she will he will only be defending the WWE championship with the undisputed WWE championship on SmackDown against SmackDown competitors. And then Eric Bischoff declared, well then that belt is no longer undisputed because we have wrestlers over here. There's the dispute. And so logically they had <laughs> um uh, and JR on commentary same thing. He's like you can't be undisputed only defending your title on one brand. And so mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff opened the briefcase, revealed the World Heavyweight Championship, and then handed it to Hunter. And then, and then Triple Hunter, H went on his reign of terror. It was yeah, bad. It bad, went bad, on the reign of terror. Hunter <laughs> Hunter gets on the mic. He says, if I remember correctly, he said, um, most guys wouldn't just accept being handed a world championship. But then again, I'm not most guys. Puts it on his shoulder. And uh, and he was officially the champ. And then Ric Flair comes out. Ric Flair says, um, I won that title 16 times and never once was it handed to me. And uh, so you need to defend that tonight. And they had a match, Hunter versus Ric Flair, for that belt. The, the official first title defense. And then Hunter beat Ric Flair. But anyway, my yeah. point being that they've applied the logic before. That you can't have an undisputed champion that only defends on one brand. And that was how they were able to logically declare a new champion for Monday Night Raw. Which is something they could do if they wanted to. Um, I wouldn't hand, I wouldn't hand it to somebody again this time. I think that's a bad idea. Uh, but Mm. just for the sake of wanting to see something better than that shit over here, because I, I hate those belts. Um, if, they did want to just make a callback and pull the big gold out of a briefcase again. I would be very happy to see the big gold belt again. Are you kidding yeah. me? I would. I, if, if it resulted in that, that would be the best solution for me. Um, yeah, so was there a room? Yeah. Was there, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, so to answer this question, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I think that there's a way that you can just introduce a new belt and merge the two titles on SmackDown. I don't think that's a bad idea at all. And honestly... You could just bring the new belt in and have the winner of the Royal Rumble win the title. Win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's and no, we were talking about belts earlier. Uh, what, the, there, I saw was reading something that they're redesigning all the belts too. What's uh, a redesign? Yeah, there's some, some redesigns. The they've got. They finished the design of the tag titles, and those should be introduced. Gotcha. I bet you they they're introduced when new when they cross the New Day's record as like right. a reward. Okay. So for, it's just the tag team belts, pretty much. Because the tag um, team belts are awful. They do need a re- redesign. Yeah, and it's been 12 years. Like, I don't understand. That's, that's like, one of the longest reigning designs they've ever had, and they were never good. <laughs> but uh, let's see. So Bugaboo Jones says, hip-hop tracks used to actually tell you a story. I'll take those dusty lyrics any day. Uh, hey, don't say used to. Um, that's just the mainstream. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, yeah, I mean, there's still great stuff out there. Um, and you just – it's out there. Um yeah. Let's see. Graham B says, who made Hurricane's belt? That thing rules. Good question. I don't know. Hurricane had a belt. Uh, Let's see. We got... Still just scrolling through them. Uh, Ralph, 
says, what's good? Oh, yeah, we read that one. We read that one. Thank you, Ralph. Uh, sorry, I was, we read that at the time. Eat at Ralph's. You know, it's so much fun to eat at Ralph's. <laughs> Ralph's probably means a different... I was going to say, Ralph's probably means a different thing to everybody here. Because uh, if you're from Southern California, Ralph's is the grocery chain. It's grocery the store. grocery chain. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, we shopped at Ralph's. That is the Kroger everywhere else. Um, but mm. it's Ralph's in Southern California. Um, Ralph's. Yeah, so eat, that's, it, eat it, Ralph's is like a board game, isn't it? That's why I back at the phone. Mm, so, I don't know. I, don't I know. just know the store. Yeah. yeah, that yeah, yeah Ralph's. For it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is in, in Reg's parts, but I don't know. Call yeah, no, Ralph's was that. We used to have a Ralph's here, a uh, Ralph's grocery store here. In, Speak, uh, speaking of Ralph, we got the greatest long-term storytelling ever. Sway was right. Kanye West was wrong. Oh, Sway I was it right. Dude. Sway How was Sway right. Is, yes, Sway was right. How Sway, Sway is was right. This is how Kanye. I'm telling you. I'm telling you how. <laughs> Crazy long time story. That Kanye has been on a little tour with this little. He said uh, he didn't just say Sway was right. He said Sway had the answers. <laughs> he absolutely had the answers. You ain't got the answer, Sway. Like apparently, Sway yeah, had yeah, the answer. Yeah, Sell it directly Sway, to consumers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and reductive referring to the uh, the girls are fighting. He says it's a meme. I'm sorry, I like you all. Yeah, we like you. No, we're, oh, no, no, we, we hate we're the reductive. Yeah, yeah, we're just totally trolling. Yeah, just, all of this. So not, nothing was serious. Look, it was a, the nothing is that ever ser- serious. We're Bad. having fun. Yeah, you, if people were like a fly on a wall when me and Emilio have heated debates on on phone, sometimes <laughs> it sounds just like that. But it's, it's really nothing. Like it's just yeah, no, every wow. everything is all love here. I promise that. Um, I was just talking with Denise yesterday and we were having a conversation about how like kind of unseriously we take things like, uh, you know, I know some were wondering why, um, I, I didn't address the clip from day after dynamite that ended up going around on Twitter yesterday. Why I didn't address it on Twitter. I'm going to be honest with you because, uh, that's unproductive to, uh, what I do on, on Twitter and on social media and all of that. And like, I'm just trying to keep things fun, man. And like, that's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I don't know if people have picked up on this. I think most things are funny. I thought it was hilarious. I yeah. do. I so, do. Yeah. I thought it was really, really funny. And then when I saw people were taking it serious and attacking Kate and Alex, I was like, nah, that's not cool. You don't have to do all that. Like, I, I think that the messed up thing about the thing we do is that um, you don't have to like my takes. You don't have to like me. You don't like have to like my content. Just you can ignore all of that stuff, but don't disrespect people. Like that's just not necessary, mm-hmm. man. Like yeah. it's, it, that's where I fly to do off all the that. handle. Like yeah. I and get I mean, all these great compliments and stuff, and then but one person's disrespectful. They say to yeah. ignore them, but like you're not going to disrespect me, bro. I don't care. Yeah, you don't have to do all that. And and Kate's cool people. Alex is also a cool people, friend of the show. So nah, I, I didn't really like where people. Yeah. Took I'm like I I I have guests on Day After Dynamite, and I welcome anybody on Day After Dynamite. Like there's um. Yeah, unless like your whole character is in profile is being a jerk to people like I right. for the most part I want to have people on Day After Dynamite. That is a show where there's going to be a a rotating door. I try not to have bad blood with pretty much anybody and uh that's it. It's that show is fun. I enjoy Day After exactly. Dynamite. It is it is a show that I have Never fun doing. Numbers, numbers on the board <laughs> Day After Dynamite. All it comes down to if that was Phil or I in that clip we would address it because we can't take anything serious. Uh, I mean, we're gonna I, harp on things because that's I, what we I, do. Yeah. 
I would I would have laughed about it and made a good joke about it. Um, but yeah. no, I, I I do think that it, it is it is weirdly hypocritical to be upset about the status of women and then also disrespect women. That's kind of weird. It doesn't um, make sense. Yeah, it's I mean, I, I think in general, I think that the idea that, um, you know, we I saw people and I, I scrolled their stuff to see if they had done it. But I saw people who were um, really giving some nasty personal attacks. And then I scroll and I see that they had like shared suicide prevention stuff for from this month. Yeah, and I just, yeah, right. do you recognize the, do, you, do you recognize what's happening here? Like you can mm-hmm. have a productive debate, but when you decide to start like personally attacking people and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you didn't need to do that. I mean, telling them to fuck off, telling them to leave the internet, all the crazy shit. Like, yo. yeah, like, yeah. Shy Town Spurs says, oh, sorry, go ahead. Cause I recognize we gotta say. go. We're go. We're going so long. No, I was just going to say, to be completely honest, like, you just don't have to agree with everybody. I don't agree with everything Kate or Alex says, but you, you don't have to do all of that with people just because you I don't agree with everything people. Will and Phil say, but we still have a podcast. I know, right? We all the time. I like, know. What do you mean? I say this is our most contentious episode. Uh, let's see. But yeah, Shy Towns first said Newsday should jump to AEW. I mean, I think I want to see the Elite versus New Day at some some point but i don't know where it happens I now I, I was always like that could happen in AEW. now i'm like i think that happens at wrestlemania i don't know where Seriously, that happens but i still yeah. think it happens um steph the writer says even though we've seen it a million times it should be usos versus new day as the break the record that's they probably should. where it I happens so i think yeah i think so too i think and, the and last I think new day will give them that moment too yeah, yeah. i think whatever Definitely. the day Wherever the day is that the record-breaking match would happen, it needs to be against the New Day. And basically it mm-hmm. is the New Day is the only team that can stop them from breaking their record. Yes. That would be Great the best story, story to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, see, we love storytelling here. Yeah. Although, shout out, by the way. I thought Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Ray Phoenix cooked Fire bombs all over. They went nutty. I mean, Phoenix, you know what he's going to do. That that running, when he was on the ramp and he ran up and jumped and did the, yo, what are you doing? You're going crazy. And Jungle Boy, I just loved it. I loved everything about it. Uh, That Rampage, when we talked about Rampage and uh, placement and how long it was going to be, but I thought that they they utilized the two hours last night much better than they did last year. Like it was, it flowed a lot. It flowed very well last night. I, I will say that. Uh, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. And they, man, as much as I don't like the outcome of Jericho winning, there's good storytelling stuff they're doing there. Yeah. Of course. There's good storytelling Story in that back. finish to that Eddie match that I didn't like as well. Brent Lockman. The, the my beef with the finish of the Eddie match is that I think they got to it too quick. I think that Eddie yeah. should have held on a little bit longer before they were just like, okay, we're overturning. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I would have let that play out. Like, give it. 30 more seconds um, would have been enough to really illustrate that Eddie's going too far. But I thought for you've had submissions stay on longer than that for, uh, for having sent out security as quickly as you did and all of that. Like I would have let that go a little bit longer. Um, Mm -hmm. See Brent says it's tough being a brave fan. Always felt like his stuff was written by someone who had never watched a horror movie and could have been so much more. That's sure. what I was trying. Sure. That was the point I was trying to make. When mm-hmm. you've got it in the hands of people that don't understand it, and he's got to constantly fight for his ideas, it shows. 
Yeah. Aaron Busby says, if Bray comes back, who do y'all see him feuding with? Personally, I see him feuding with Cross and having a five star match. He 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 he. Busby trolling. But uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's the other uh, thing I'm worried about right now is that like so far, my least favorite thing going on in WWE, to be honest, because I like a lot of the stuff. I, I've been a big fan of Hunter Booking. Like, I, we did a whole thing praising the the um, the Bloodline segment. But the stuff that I'm not enjoying is all centered around either like way out there stuff or like the kind of supernatural. I think everything involving carrying cross stinks. That shit is awful. That shit is not working for me. It's not clicking. Um, the the Messed up fire paper spot yesterday. The so worst. Um, the, the the color changing. None of that stuff is working for me. I think that mm-hmm. Cross, to me, is having a little bit of a dud reign as far as... Or dud run as far as being on the main roster. That the only thing working right now is the fact that Hunter is not willing to give up on it as fast as Vince was. But uh, <laughs> um, I don't but, think it's a dud run because it, it started too soon for me to say it's a dud. Um, but uh, but I'll say this too because I was just uh, what I was gonna say just going overall was that the other thing is not clicking for me. It's Dexter Loomis. That stuff stinks right. too. And so like uh, mm. the stuff that's the most out there is so far the stuff that's not and then Judgment Day, not a joint Judgment Day either. <laughs> and so the stuff I mean, that's yeah. the most out there is the stuff that's not hitting. Are, for are me. we gonna be honest though? The worst thing that they're doing right now is still the Max and Mel model stuff. Let's let's talk. <laughs> yeah, come on. Now. It is. Well, it's and that's what I mean. I, I can't seem to trust them with stuff that's not just like pro wrestling. And so, right. um, that's where. So, do you think it's a kind of a disconnect of Triple H is trying, like, he knows the wrestling we've seen in NXT that he's yeah. trying to, like, I need we to still have some entertaining elements over here. So I'm going to do that. But all the entertaining elements are just not really. So somebody, entertaining. somebody asked you in our chat, do, do you like the House of Black stuff, Will? No, uh, that was the stuff that, okay, so let's talk about that. Um, I worried from day one, if you go back and listen to RBR, the first thing I said when, uh, Malachi showed up was, and he was doing the like spreading from the eye stuff is I was like, oh, this is so not in the tone of AEW. And I hope that somebody has a vision for making it work. And to me, I don't feel like they ever really did. The best thing about House of Black to me is Brody King because he's just a believable big ass dude who just fucks people up. And like, he can have a dark entrance, all of that, as long as we're not dealing in the supernatural. But for the most part, no. I said back then that I had worries about what Malachi Black was going to bring to AEW. And, uh, I, that stuff's not for me. Like I said, Brody yeah. King, it's, it's simple. He's a big dude who is menacing, and that's as far as I'm willing to go. But once you start dealing with people who have superpowers and shit like that, you completely lose me in pro wrestling. I I felt a little bad watching Rampage because when they came out and initially did their entrance and Julia came out first, it looked amazing. I thought their entrance was mm-hmm. awesome. I think everything they've done to repackage Julia is really cool. Um, I think they look good as a stable. I think those guys look good with her up front. But without black, it just kind of leaves them in a lurch, and it's like I don't know what stable they're do to question mark. It. Yeah, and, and shout I, out to Julia Hart. Hope she is she's okay. That table yeah. bump was scary. She, she tweeted, she she tweeted okay that she's morning. fine. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, so, she tweeted okay, cool. that she's but fine. But that did look scary. But uh, 
Yeah, Ooh. but I like them as a stable and I like them as a trio. Um, but it's just I don't know what they without go without Malachi. From now. They're gonna need to. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna just need to lean in on the Brody King being a badass fucking yeah. rock. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's all I want. It's just man. I just want bro. Yeah. yeah, that's all I want is just Brody King just being a menacing bad guy because because um, yeah. that's the other one. Uh, I broken Matt Hardy was one I was like always down on. But the funny thing is, for whatever reason, my brain is like, look, you can accept these things out of impact. Impact will do it and it'll work. And like that was where the only place where I was like broken universe works for me. Um in the same way that a lot of stuff in Impact has decided to embrace the the absurd and the supernatural. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. Because I, I know that. Uh, Brent says, watching people use Malachi's mental health as ammo in their imaginary tribal war is just the worst. Agreed. Nastiest. One of the nastiest Nasty. things of the year. For Spe- sure. Speaking of impact, um, one of the best rebrands of the year is what they've done uh, with the Jessica character. I love it. Just her coming out. Oh, of yeah, sick yeah. I love it. She's great. Yes. And last one from Van Twinblade says, did I miss my humper? No, actually. I was simply saving it for here, which was uh, Van Twinblade sent in the full card. Ready for it? We've got Moses versus Sway. Tootie versus uh, Laney Luck versus Heather Reckless. Danhausen versus Cody Lane. Um, Rocky Romero versus Rohit Raju. We've got Camaro Jackson versus Law. Sonny Kiss versus Ali Catch. Josh Alexander versus Kenny Alfonso. Delirious and Seidel versus Dad Horse. And Price and something versus Grindhouse. That's this weekend. Uh, Tell us, Van Twinblade, is that this weekend? Uh, And also, shout out to uh, Independent Wrestling. Battle Slam has a show tomorrow. If you're in the Atlanta area, A T L A N T A, smoking Mm -hmm. away. Yeah. If anybody remembers That's the DJ start of tournament, isn't it? Um, for the, the yeah. new Icon mm-hmm. title, which if you have not yep. seen it, that is a beautiful belt. That's a hot belt, huh? Yeah, that shit's yeah. fire. Yeah, what they're doing at Battle Slam is really dope. So if you're in the area, definitely check it out. They're going to crown their new Battle Slam champion. They have a lot of great talent in there. Shout out to the homie Baron Black. Shout out Baron, Baron Black. Tony P sends the final Humper Chat of the day. Uh, and then I kind of have to cut this off because I got to go pick up my kid. But uh says, um, the disingenuous ones that praise WWE for being the place for black folks at the start of the year and now talking about AEW as love and hip hop. Um, I mean, guys. I know who tribalism is. So I no. will not. Yeah. <laughs> tribalism is tribalism. Like, at the end of the day, um, it's the same folks that will... Look, it's it's basically there. Nobody's interested. Uh, anybody who makes that argument isn't interested in progression of pro- professional wrestling. They just like their brand, and that's fine. Um, you're allowed to if that's your thing. Uh, but just be honest about that. Just say like, look, I don't want professional wrestling to succeed. I want WWE to succeed. Just fucking say that. That's fine. Right. It's the same thing as like, look, I don't give a shit about Android. I just want an iPhone. People feel like that all the time. Um, and you're allowed to feel yeah. that way. Like, hey, I don't care what PlayStation does. I just care about what Xbox does. Like, I don't care about the progression of gaming. I don't care that if there's only one gaming console out there, then the con, then the market is stagnant because, uh, you don't have competition yeah. bettering each other. I don't give a fuck Man. about any of that. I just want to PlayStation. Um, Man, like that. Just say it. Say you're, you're just, never going to play any Switch games. You just want to play what you play. That's cool. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah, cool. It's fun. But just say that. Like, don't act like, 
um, one company doing things progressively, uh, they, I, you don't be that guy. Just don't be that person who um, discredits when others are doing it or fails to acknowledge when others are doing it or fails to acknowledge the faults of either side doing it. Like that's that's listen. You're being dishonest with yourself if that's the case. Listen, we we let this thing go for a year. Um, we've gotten things as a collective of people acting like black people don't watch AEW. Listen, their narrative's dead. It's buried. It's over. Um, it's watching out. watching uh, Jay do her thing yesterday and cut that great promo after the match with Trina next to her. And Trina had the big smile on her face and told her, yeah, she's that bitch. No, it's over, bro. It's over. It's we over saw Fabulous that. walk Swerve out to the ring. It's over. Westside Gun over carrying the AEW title to Rolling It's Rolla over Lab. for it's that. It's over, bro. Stop it. Just say that you oh, don't want to watch AEW. It's not that black people don't want to. It's that you've Just decided you as a black man that mm. your circle doesn't watch AEW. It's not all black people. You don't speak for all black people. I don't speak for all black people. Knock it off. Nope. nope. Yes. And I think that, honestly, black people I know who do watch AEW love AEW. Black people I know who watch WWE love what they're watching. And maybe like it for different reasons. Like the fact of the matter is, just watch what you watch and like what you like. You don't have to watch everything. You absolutely no, you do not. not. You do you not. Can't. You are not going to catch a... me watching a lot of this trash <laughs> the NWA is doing right now. I'm Look, not there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of wrestling out there. There's a lot of wrestling out there, and at the end of the day, you don't have to spend all your time watching it. Um, you yeah, can simply enough. watch what appeals to you, and. Let it That's be. It. Your wrestling will be. Your wrestling is likely going to be fine. Like I get it. If if you're worried about the success of your pro wrestling, then good. Support it. That's what you need to be doing. Support what you want to see, and that's what's going to make it successful. Don't worry about anybody else. Don't worry about what no. anybody else is doing. Just enjoy what you're doing, and that's that's it. I will Man, say, we, I told the story wrestling. on day after dynamite this week about um about my love for Trina as a teenager. And I told the story of uh, when her issue of King Magazine came out in 2004. Uh, I definitely went to buy it. Legendary publication. Legendary (laughs) publication, King Magazine. Pretty sure I have a a collection of them somewhere nearby. I definitely, I think I had either, I definitely had the Maya cover because, come on, man. Um, Oh, yes. Yes, I, I'm pretty sure I had one of those Melissa Ford covers as well. Because mm-hmm. definitely, dude, Melissa Ford. Oh, so it wasn't King that I had nearby, but I do. Um, when I was younger, and she's still my number one. But Esther Baxter was always it for me. This was Spiel oh Baxter. yeah, uh, but <laughs> Baxter, hell, oh, Miss Freakalik. Uh, but Ooh, <laughs> but I will say that I bought when I was 16. I went. And, like, you can just order these things online, right? Or I guess you could, but, like, then they show up to your house, and then your mom's like, what the fuck is it's this? Weird. So, yeah. um, no, so of course, I'd, story. like, well, yeah, so I walk in 7-Eleven, and I find the, the issue. And just look up Trina King Magazine 2004 just for the cover. So, anyway, I grabbed that one, and uh, and I just slap it on the counter, and the 7-Eleven clerk picks it up, and he looks at it, looks at me. Looks at it, looks at me, and I'm just looking down, like just fucking take my cash. Bring Why are up, we doing bro. this? Bring it up. Just ring, just ring it up. Bring it what up, are we? Man. What are we doing here? I just want to leave. And he goes, "There ought to be a law." And then uh, I was, I know, <laughs> right, right, bro? 
I know. And, and I just, and I just, I paid for it and left and threw it in my backpack. Um, did you go through the same awkward, uh, interactions buying any of those uh WWE magazines with the divas on the front or like the divas oh, yeah divas, when uh, they when they switched to raw magazine and there'd be like sable naked on the front essentially and you're like hey uh grocery store clerk i'd like to buy this not dirty magazine it's about <laughs> wrestling i promise it's like yeah <laughs> i i definitely had the WWE magazine with with deborah on the front with the two puppies um right and that was absolutely an awkward interaction as well <laughs> yeah yeah i uh yeah uh <laughs> just say yeah um but it's all on our cell phone now jeez so, it's all... <laughs> 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 uh, i know that's the makes, makes things for those of easier <laughs> for those of y'all uh, who had to um uh yeah and i see lee j in the chat brought up uh um the smooth magazine yeah anyway look you guys Mm -hmm. at the end of the day you guys did not have to grow up with the awkward shame uh like as long as now all of this is on your phone you guys don't know nobody has to have nobody knows to buy magazines (laughs) all right Um, anyway guys thank you for being a part of this special extended edition of Grapsity. Emilio uh, was such a hoot to have on and brought so much to the um, oh, of having Emilio on. And we will definitely, definitely probably we'll talk with him even Wally more. We'll see that guy at Wally Mania in L.A., probably. Mm-hmm. Big facts, yes. Yes. Yeah. We out here, baby. Otherwise, folks, we will see you next time. Have a great day. Philip Lindsay, Righteous Reg. I'm Will Washington. Peace. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.